0: Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast, the radio show coming to you on this Friday, September the 3rd, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, I have David Jack, the man, the myth, the legend himself. But before we jump into that, you guys already know this podcast is brought to you by... My homies at athletic greens its the one thing i take every single day i never miss if you guys are like me and you don't eat enough green vegetables and let's be honest who really does this would be the thing i would suggest for you if you struggle to eat the way you need to and get in all your micronutrients you still have to eat real food but if you're missing some things this would be the thing i would throw into your life and if you're interested right now we're giving away a year's supply of free vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first order. If you've heard me talk about this a million times, or maybe this is the first podcast you guys have listened to, we're talking about a greens product that has a probiotic in there, They're digestive enzymes, there's 75 whole food ingredients. It's like the antioxidant equivalent to 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies. And let's be honest, we've all drinking much worse. I remember in college, there was this place called Gabby's, and they had a back bar, and they had these things called Dollar dollar mystery pulse and so what that means they had this big bin filled with ice and you'd reach your hand in for a buck and whatever you pulled out is what you got so it might be a paps blue ribbon it might be a red dog a mike's hard lemonade all of that stuff is disgusting and i would drink it anyway and it was terrible for me athletic greens is amazing for you and it tastes way better than that so if you're interested but you're not really sure well i don't know if i want to jump in jeremy Hit us up, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, fill out the contact page. I don't care where you harass us at. I'll have Monica send you a travel pack right to your front door, wherever you're at. You can try it. You'd be like, wow, he's not full of shit. It actually tastes great. And then get hooked up with all the free stuff. The site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. You guys can grab it now. Your supply of D and the five free packs is on me. That's a mouthful. So uh, David Jack is here. Um, For you guys who do not know who he is. I've talked about him before a handful of times. Probably sounds like this mythical creature. He isn't actually a real human. You'll get to hear him speak in a second. He's been on Men's Health, Reebok, The Katie Couric Show, Silver Sneakers, and so many more things. And that really doesn't even scratch the surface or describe who he is and kind of what he does. I, When people ask me, they'll see a video or I'll talk about him here in passing and someone will say, well, who is this person? And I pause for a second and I describe him as like fitness Jesus. And <laughs> not just because he's a man of faith, but he is for the fact of not him just being fit, or you're going to hear him talk about nutrition. He has this almost like Pied Piper complex, this camera presence that is second to none in terms of how he speaks. But, and I'm not trying to try to just, you know, blow unicorn smoke up your ass here today. But he is the most talented, like generous fitness professional I think has probably ever lived in terms of how he inspires, motivates, and honestly, how he connects people and and elevates everyone that is around him. And I've never met a person who wants other people's success for us more than he wants it for himself. And so people like me, BJ, Hannah, Alexia, we exist because he has been in our space. So
1: welcome, my man. Dude. I try. I wrote uh, that. I wrote that down. I I just, I love you, man. I do. And I'm so grateful to be here. I I mean, just the conversation we had before we decided to put these headphones on and just, I mean, man, to to see what you have done, to look back. I I did it. I took you down memory lane and then you filled in the gaps for me to see where you started and the commitment and, you know, jumping off a cliff and then what you have done. Every single day, day in day out, for us to sit in this space and have this conversation, man, I just want to take my hat off to you if I had one on right now, and it is uh, it's rare air, bro. So thank you.
0: I appreciate it. We're here because of you, dude. And I tell I I tell people that, and I don't think that really will grasp it, like how much you've poured into all of us and allowed us to kind of be here. And these guys listening are like, "Well, Jeremy, what the hell are you talking about? Who is this crazy dude?" Um, you brought in here and they'll find out but uh, that's true who like who are you
1: you know <laughs> who, <laughs> what do you do it's so funny because like I think you've asked me the same question seven years in a row and the same answer is like uh, I don't I don't I don't have an answer for you man well is that c- true is that true
0: is 100% true uh-huh. I don't know what you really, what you really do <laughs> Neither and, do I. and well, I say it because like, I remember I'll go to this mastermind group and some of you guys have heard me talk about, uh, Pat Rigsby before, oh, he's a man. and Pat's helped me a ton, uh, from the business, you know, kind of just, he, Pat gets it and I've always appreciated what he offers, but if people know I'm in close proximity to you, you live obviously here in Arizona, we've done a lot of stuff together, they'll ask like, you know, Hey, what's David Jack up to? And I'm like, I don't know. They're like, well, I just saw you were with him like a week ago. I go, yeah. I go, I know what he was doing for those two hours, but I don't know what he does the rest of the time. Like, obviously, like, you know, like when you talk fitness and nutrition, it's, you're as smart as anybody that I've ever met. And I mean that with all sincerity, but you don't do like what all of us do.
1: No, I don't. And, and, you know, like, I'm just going to, we're going to dive straight in and get super real. Like. You know, growing up as a kid, I, I really I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was one of those kids where I had so many friends that were like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I love this, that's what I want to do, and I'm headed in that direction. And I'm like, Man, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. And and you know, at the time I think as I look back, that bothered me because I just really didn't know what I wanted to do. Now, fast forward all these years, I look back and there's an underlying issue under there that I'm still trying to uncover <laughs> sure. and still trying to do you know, do the work I need to do on myself. Uh, so that I can help others. But, you know, that's, that's been part of the pattern of my life. Like, you know, it's, it's taken me a long time to get to a place. And you and I talked about right now, how I'm at, you know, what, what have my experiences been over the last 20 years? How can I hone down uh, and gather those scattered bones and, and really, really, for maybe the first time in my life, double down and go all in and get so focused and so clear on who I want to serve and serve them with everything I've got. Um, So You know the answer is still I don't know, Um, but I keep moving in that direction. And as I look back, I have these incredible experiences that you know, literally by grace. And we could pick any story. These opportunities have shown up for me in my life that um, have really helped shape who I am. As I'm still searching for what it is I want to do, and and what it is that I do. And I guess if I had to sum it up, what I love to do is I just love to be. I love to lock arms with people, man. And and I love to hear about their life, walk with them in life, share life, because man, it's hard to do it alone. I can't do it alone. I don't want to do it alone. Um, and I want to be environments where I can lift others up and and activate the best in them and magnify the good that's already in them uh, because I need that for myself as well. I really do. So you're the origin
0: story. Yeah, We'll, we'll dig into it. Like you're 23 mm-hmm. when you start in fitness basically
1: yeah so grew up cellar dweller right you know my, my cousin was a, a about 6 years older than i great athlete uh loved to work out old school cellar dweller style you know the classic light bulb you know pull the pull the light Pla-
0: plastic weights with like sand or water
1: oh we we started with those yeah and then like legitimately grew to this like really cool like cellar dweller basement uh and so we were in the iron game i loved it i knew i enjoyed it it was a part of my life i started that when i was like 10 years old um, and then I loved the free play. I was always out playing and climbing and running and jumping in different sports. And um, so it was always a part of my life. Uh, got out of college, still had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, n- remembered that my college football coach had some contacts at NFL properties in New York City. One day I'm ready to go, go to sleep and I'm going to go on a construction site the next morning with my cousin, uh, who was my, my training partner. And I had this like this this voice in my head Uh, that said, you need to go to New York city tomorrow. I grew up in Southern Connecticut, so it wasn't a long haul. So, uh, I'm like, well, that's weird. And rolled over and the voice gets louder. And it's like, you're going to New York city tomorrow. And I'm like, rolled over third time. I actually sit up, it's 10 o'clock at night and it's so crystal clear, this voice inside. It's like, you're going to New York city tomorrow. I'm like, dang, what is going on? So I, I, I go in, I call my cousin rotary phone. Um, I call him up and I'm like, he actually picked up and I'm like, Ken, you know, i don't know i don't know why but i've got to go to new york city tomorrow and he's like oh dude and he knew i wasn't sure and wanted me to be a partner in his company because i'd grown up doing construction and he's like okay if you got to go you got to go i can cover this job tomorrow and so he gave me that that pass that permission i'm like okay i'm doing this and i'm like i don't even know why i'm going so i sat there and i'm like well i guess i better get up early i guess i better put on some relatively decent clothes and I didn't have many of them. And I'm gonna grab this, I'm gonna catch this train in the morning and I'm gonna head to New York City. Don't know why. Get on this train as I'm headed down. I remember the, the contacts through my coach. And I remember those guys at NFL properties saying, you could stop by here any day, um, nine to six, Monday through Friday, open door. We don't have a job, but you can come in and talk with us. So I'm like, that's where I'm gonna go. So I meander my way around. It's March, but it's like this really unseasonably warm, awesome day in New York City. And I take the long way around to find my way to Park Ave. I get into the building. I ask for these guys' name. They tell me where to go. Security was different at that time. I get on the elevator. The door's about closed. I see this woman, like, clearly in a rush, clearly flustered, dragging bags, trying to come through these do- the main doors to the lobby. And I stop the elevator. It's like an inch from being closed. I'm like, I grabbed the door. I held it. I opened it up. She get I got, I got you come on and she gets in the door shuts I'm like where are you headed she's like I don't know and I said okay we'll go to the floor I pushed we'll come back down we'll find where you need to go and I'll get you up there second time up the elevator she looks at me she's like you pro football player I said no I said I I don't know what I'm doing here I think maybe just to like look at getting maybe a job or opportunities and she's like well I just took a train down from Boston this morning Bob Kraft from the New England Patriots sent me down I'm meeting with the vice president of corporate you know, relationships for NFL. Would you be willing to stay after our meetings and just talk with me about what I'm up to? And I'm like- so crazy, dude. I'm like, all right. So she gets off the elevator. I go back down to this day. Those guys from the NFL Properties Building don't know that I went there. I never went to see any of them, Not, not one of them. I went back down in the elevator, walked out of that elevator, sat against the wall in that building in the middle of the NFL Properties lobby I sat there for an hour and a half while she was in her meeting, literally with these thoughts going through my head, David Jack, what are you going to do with your life? What are you doing here? What What are you doing? And once again, I was faced with those thoughts of like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do and it bothers me and feeling guilty and stressed out and shame and all this other stuff that I worked through. And she comes off the elevator. I'm so glad you stayed long story short. I go home. It's like 1130 at night. My dad's a former military guy. I'm like, dad, mom, I got to go to Massachusetts tomorrow, like two and a half hours away. I got to go check on this thing. My dad's like, check on what thing? I'm like, (laughs) I got to go check this thing out. It's this potential company. And I don't know. There may be something. there. He's like, is it a job? I'm like, I don't know, dad. I don't know yet. I got to go. So I drive up. I got a picture of it in here. I'll show you at some point in the podcast. I lived in a one room barn, literally that had a hay barn behind it. No shower no hot water. I worked in that. I, I slept on a government issue army cot from my father. I used to put a cutout of Chi Chi Rodriguez, who we actually worked with, with nutritional supplements, functional foods Yeah. in front of the me- window that lights would shine in at night that would drive by so that I wouldn't get blinded by these lights when I was trying to sleep. And I stepped, I was through that elevator door. I was called into like fitness and wellness and and then through that place in that relationship i met mentors of mine in strength and conditioning that really helped shape my early career uh, and uh, also i met mentors of mine who've really helped shape my faith so that that was my big plan like going into college and coming out of college
0: that's insane it's almost like you're dalton from roadhouse
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, maybe not quite as cool but yeah you
0: live in a barn though <laughs> and you slept on a cot
1: I, I, i'm kind of like the fitness version of chris farley You know, but I was just wasn't living in a van down by the river. That's insane, dude. Yeah. Like, so that's why I say, and and I, you know what I've really, part of me, there's really like, there's a penance to pay for me that there, because I do believe I didn't choose fitness and wellness. I believe that it, it, it called me, it chose me, it brought me into it. And I have been so gifted, so blessed. And I have so many opportunities that I truly did not earn. And I did not deserve. I did my best to honor them the best I could at the time but I really didn't have this like 5-year plan, 3-year plan, this awesome degree, this this doctorate, this, you know, this research, this incredible gym that opened those doors and earned those things for me. I was gifted those things and so where I'm at in my life right now is man, I have been given so much more than so many. And a guy like you, so we call we talk about talents, right? And and you can get it in normal like everyday life conversation and it's a faith conversation. We've been given these talents and you've got an opportunity. I'm going to multiply them or I'm going to bury them in the ground. There's sometimes in my life that I've taken those talents and I've multiplied them and there's others that I've buried them in the ground. And where I'm at right now in my career, my life is I don't want to do that anymore. Like I have got, I have things that I've experienced for 20 years. I have so many gifts and so many opportunities and so many peers that I've got to learn from and share with and spend time with and clients that I've had to work with that really the world has never seen any of those experiences and and I've got an obligation to find a way to share those in a way that that is meaningful to me but but hopefully it can serve somebody um and I don't know how I'm going to do it yet but I'm working on it so when you
0: start mm-hmm. the first like fitness job is yep. it right with the NFL stuff right out the gates
1: no no so it's it's this company that we have no idea what we're really doing and we have functional foods, which is why I love, I love talking about athletic greens before we got started. And I told you for real that I'm in the market for a greens product that I can trust, because I think from a, I think from a foundational standpoint, what most of us are missing are a couple core things. And for me, it's absolutely fruits and veggies, veggies in particular. So this has always been a staple of my life. So I'm super, and it goes back. This was the first thing that we started to do in my company, ultimate energy that we started in that barn that my partner had really started. She had been giving some really great, way ahead of their time, like completely integrated, holistic, like functional foods yeah. to athletes, players on the Red Sox and the Bruins and got into the Patriots. And they, they knew she had something. This was before Metrics. We saw Metrics and EAS come in.
0: What's this, like 90s? 96. I remember taking Metrics. My mom would get it. And this is no joke. I would mix because I'm like, 10 and I want to be jacked obviously like every dude of course and I would drink that over the toilet because I would gag so hard because it was so chalky and so disgusting
1: bro my cousin and I started we found an old school recipe bro I've actually got my hand you guys can't see this but on Jeremy's leg right now (laughs) we got this old school recipe from like some like Russian or German like crazy all-in Powerlifter, strength coach, whatever, and it was like desiccated bone, li- bone marrow, and desiccated liver and wheat germ, and it had like 12 things in it, Jeremy. And it was clumpy, and it was water, and we would drink this thing after our workouts. And bro, and I was a warrior, and we would. <laughs> to ch- so when metrics came around, I'm like, bro, this is a fribble. Oh God! This is dude. a. I was in the game when it was like metrics was, it was, a dessert. That's That's how good it was. That's crazy. So we had built these relationships with these teams from the inside out. And then we literally saw it happen. I mean, Major League Baseball, NFL Players Association, they invited us in several times to talk to them about quality control in nutritional supplements and functional foods. We were warning them about what was going to happen because of the lack of that control and guys potentially testing in for something. So this was right before. I mean, we had this forum and we had this foundation. And then we watched them, those guys come in and write a check and buy sponsorship with teams. We're like, wow, this has changed the game for us. We're just, we're, we're, we're like a day late and a dollar short. And so we, we said, well, we've got these relationships with athletes. We really want to make a difference with kids and young athletes. How could we leverage them to do something for youth? And then that spun into us really looking at functional foods and like real whole food products that would give kids like, fruits and veggies, we were way ahead of our time. We had a food technologist in California creating recipes for us. The guy worked with like Julia Childs and just completely different from what supplement companies had done. But in that process, we were struggling raising capital. We did some really cool things. I remember my partner called Legit, 98. And and if he ever hears this, man, I love you, Ken Griffey Jr. You are the real deal, bro. You are a pleasure to spend time with. And I'm going to find my way back to you and thank you for trusting us and, and being just incredible with us. My partner, we said, Ken Griffey, he's the right guy and he loves his sport. And he is a kid, you know, who plays at the highest level. And there's a joy in him. We called his agent, this guy, um, Brian, and he's in Cincinnati and he knew his father. And we literally said to him, Brian, we have $10 in our bank account right now. Legit. That's a true story. We have no money. We and, don't have promise of money. Coming and you want in. Ken Griffey Jr. for 10 bucks? In 98, when the only athlete that was more popular than him was Michael Jordan. He was at the top of when it came to marketing and products oh, dude, and promotions.
0: Backwards hat.
1: Baseball. I mean, the, crushed it. The bomb. Yeah. He goes, you know what? Kenny keeps keep space open for people, for, for guys like you and for organizations like this and for opportunities like this. Why don't I set up a time for you to meet him at some point? And so we did. And I clicked with him. And we had a lot of fun. They bent over backwards for us. We were actually never able to finish paying him on his contract, though we did come up with more money than ever. That we, but it was a joke. That so we had all this going on, but we just couldn't get ahead. So I had to find a way to start, like providing for myself. And I'm getting engaged, uh, and I'm like this. All right, I got to do something. So I'm working construction in the mornings. I'm going, you know, mixing all these things up, working these crazy long days. And we had built relationships with two organizations, the Patriots and the Red Sox, and I'd found favor with two individuals in each of those organizations. So one of my mentors who came into my life that we were actually serving them with functional foods and education for their players, this guy, B.J. Baker, who still to this day is one of my favorite people in this industry, he is a coach's coach and he's brilliant. He had spent nine years at Harvard as their head strength conditioning coach and athletic trainer. Then I met him when he was the Red Sox, strength coach, athletic trainer, he became a mentor of mine when it came to certain things foundationally for strength and conditioning. And then this guy from the Patriots, their head speed coach, Mike Morris, who was a world-class sprinter at Syracuse. His brothers played in the NFL, Jamie Morris, Joe Morris, Mike played at Syracuse. He wound up starting to mentor me on speed and locomotion and movement and agility. So I was so fortunate to have found these two incredible mentors that were willing to pour into my life. And man, I, I was like a, Just ask them questions all the time as as much as I could, honoring their jobs. And then one year, I talked them into because the way their schedules wound up, this was like '98 or 9 I talked them into doing with me. I would do the legwork. This speed camp and these were like brand new, like they this was still early on before they got super popular. And they were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll help you. We'll help you set it up. We'll you know we'll alternate who coaches and we could work the schedule out." So I marketed this thing in Acton, Massachusetts, and. Got these athletes to come be a part of it and then one day like I don't know maybe eight nine sessions in they both called and they're like we can't make it like we can't make it you're on your own and I remember going what do I do how do yeah. I do this and they're like you got this talk well, let's talk through what you want to do. You've, you've listened, you followed, you've put the work in, you have a background in this. You're going to, it's your, it's your t- I co-coached with them. I, I followed them, you know, the classic learning model, Yeah. Uh, you know, I teach you, watch you teach. I watch you do. Let's talk about it. And so it was my time to do. And I can remember being so freaked out. I had everything timed down. I'm going to do this for two minutes. I'm going to take this break, which is not how oh, like the whole, whole
0: acting timeline, all yeah. of
1: it, man. Uh, and then I went out there and I took my first crack at it. I took a knee. I said a prayer. I'm like, God help me. And, uh, and that was the start of my coaching career. Uh, and then, you know, it just takes its twists and turns from there. But I cut my teeth in um, kind of long-term athletic development, youth development, athletic development, um, strength and conditioning.
0: And so eventually you worked with normal people at some point.
1: Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, none of us are normal. But at some point, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, because you touched on it really quick, and I don't want to get super far off topic, but we always do. Uh, when you talk about your, like, progression uh like when you started and i started the same way my mom had an apartment we had the plastic weights with sand in them and i would do the normal stuff you know you, you do what you can like i grew up in the bodybuilding world too jack and steel i loved it for people who are listening um it can be if they have younger kids or those who are older now and maybe they're just starting to take their fitness serious like age range training is so important mm-hmm. like if you're missing if you miss the window mm-hmm. from age 11 12 13 14 15 and you just started at 35 there's a foundation there you can't really build 20 years later right like it's just ingrained in you like how important is that for people like for their kids to start being active like younger as opposed to well he doesn't like and again i'm not talking like just lifting but just movement in general
1: yeah so That's a really great question. And and I think it's so cool to talk to the people that follow you now, not just necessarily about themselves, but about people that they love because they have a chance to do something different for the next person. They have a chance to create an opportunity for legacy and for what we call building a storehouse of of tools and resources for their kids to pull from for the rest of their life. And that's the key, setting that foundation. So in long-term athletic development, LTAD, you can look it up. Canada has some really cool resources for free, the Canadian LTAD um website but they talk about critical and sensitive windows of development for youth development right so you know there's this age and this age and this age and this age and at each of those ages there's these critical and sensitive windows and there are these things that are really important for them to experience at that age and so i think you know really if i look back the things that spoke to me were and you talked about it today and it's funny fast forward all these years to where i sit right now i believe for me this is personally now When I'm able to tap into purpose that matters to me, that speaks to my heart, and when I'm able to tap into play as I feel it and I experience it, and I'm going to tell you how I define play in a second, that's when I find that my fitness transforms like nothing else. And I have found that it transforms the fitness pursuit and experience for everybody that I've worked with. So when it comes to kids, when it comes to youth, let me tell you what I did with my daughters. And I didn't have some master plan. If I look back on my play history, I... I see some things that I did that I was naturally drawn to because it's unique for each of us. And you've got to understand that about yourself. You're unique. I call it your unique fitness identity. You could talk more about that another time. But when you start to understand that more and how you're wired and how you're motivated or how the people that you love or the kids that you have are motivated, then you can ultimately... It's it's attraction, not promotion. Whenever you try to tell someone you need to do this, you need to do that, you gotta do pushups, you gotta do sit-ups, you gotta get strong. If that's not their thing, not only are you making it really uncomfortable for your relationship with somebody and putting a strain, the very help that you're trying to do is putting a wedge in your relationship because there's a pressure there that they just can't ramp up to. There's they're gonna let you down. You're not gonna be able to get them to do what you want them to do. It's a fight. It's a fight. So what I'll say is I'm going to use your story right now. You're going to tell it and then we're going to come back. Tell me what happened when you, who I think is probably one of the world's most disciplined men that I've ever people that I've ever met for real straight truth. Um, and you are like X's and O's process, process, process. You love strength work. You, you love Olympic lifts. You love movement. You love. So, and you do the work. Tell, tell me again, because we talked about the story before this, and this is going somewhere, guys. I'm going to tie this back to you, and, and ladies. I'm going to tie this back to you and, and maybe the people you care about in your life. You finally took a trip back to your hometown of, of Minneapolis in, near Minnesota, in Minnesota, near Minneapolis, after like 18 months. You went back there, and you had an experience.
0: Yeah, I, we were talking before we got on today. Just I hadn't played. Uh, you guys know. I talk about the Nop training before. Usually 35 of us get together. Uh, we play in like this homemade basketball tournament that's been going on for 25 years and about five of us are still fit. Uh, at this point, uh, we didn't do it this year, 19 different reasons, but I still went out there, put my headphones in and went and played for probably an hour, maybe even longer. And I just got lost in it where I'm like, I can't understand why, like whether it's, you know, in Dave will touch on it, whether it's the nostalgia of it, the music, but I find myself doing stuff I would do at 17. Like, I'm going to oh, go, I'm just going to go shoot some free throws or do whatever. And 30 minutes in, I'm like still dunking, even though I probably shouldn't be leaving the earth like that anymore on concrete, <laughs> but I'm doing it. And I'm like doing the countdowns in my head. Like, when I was in high school, like trying to, you know, before I go to college and play, I'm going through the same drills. Like, I'm doing, okay, there's 10 seconds on the clock. Like, I'm doing these countdowns as like almost a 40 year old man in a park by myself when no one's around. And it's probably the freest my brain has been in at least probably two years, like where it mattered to me, making those shots for some reason, like where it was important in the same rules, I always used, you always you never leave on a miss, like these really basic things. And if I didn't get the sequence, right, like hit this jumper, hit that pull up, finish a dunk, do this, like something was off, and I had to re go through it. But it was the only thing I cared about. I didn't care about like the the pandemic or the economy or my business, I didn't give a shit about anything other than like, just those moments playing. And that never happens in my life other than basically when I'm playing basketball, as crazy as that sounds.
1: So this, hang, fellas, hang tight and ladies, hang tight, because we're about to give you a paradigm thing to consider. If it hits you, it's meant to hit you. If it doesn't yet, it will over time. And, and, and the cool thing is you've got permission to do this your way, and I'm going to explain why in a second. So let me, let me look at that. Let's let you and I geek out on that for just one second. I'm going to ask you some questions. And I'm gonna go somewhere with this. Um, how many steps do you think you you walked in that hour? Take a guess. Ballpark. Don't even you don't have to be two thousand. I would say more.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I, I would probably say four or five. Could be. But anyway, let's 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 say two or three thousand, right? Um, okay, now let me ask you. So we talk a lot about getting some steps in. That helps with kind of daily because fitness is I mean, walking is one of the most low hanging, high yield for so many reasons, like approachable, the best. low hurdle wellness activities right so so many people are trying to track their steps and how many steps did I get today tell me how many steps you thought about when you were in that hour how many steps did you think about taking no not one no didn't, okay didn't let's matter. talk about how many plyos you did so we, we in, in strength conditioning we call those plyometrics yeah. let's talk about how many jumps you think you did how many did you write down on a map in your workout for that day? Like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do 100, 200 touches of plyos in this workout right now. Zero. How many times did you change levels? Now we could call that a squat, a split squat, a variated squat, a variated split squat, single leg hinging, hinging, quad dominant, knee dominant. How many times did you change levels? Hundreds. How many different times did you move in? To your left, to your right, uh, laterally, rotationally, frontally, which by the way is how we move in real life. That's how we move athletically. It's how we should probably train, triplanar. How many different times do you think you did that? How many ways? Hundreds. Okay. <laughs> how many times did you move in those directions with a different task happening with some other part of your body, either, either your eyes trying to find yourself in space, your hands trying to move a ball a different way, your trunk moving a different way than your legs were moving? How many variations were that in there? Hundreds. Okay. How many? Were you breathing hard? Yes. How high was your heart rate? Do you think? Got steady, just steady. One, probably one forty. Yeah, and you know what that is? That's that's the golden zone. That's when you get really, really, really good stuff from a fitness standpoint, from a cardiovascular standpoint, from a wellness standpoint. So here's what I want to here's here's what I want to this is this is this is big. Okay. Now let's take a client. Let's take Jeremy Scott. Let's bring him in the gym. I'm gonna talk about you. Okay. Now let's say we did a workout that you liked. You helped design it. Let's say you're like, dude, we're going to do the, we're going to do the assault bike. We're going to do that for this many, whatever, you know, this many Watts, this many revolutions, this much distance, whatever. We're going to do these swings and we're going to do this. We're going to do this clean pattern or we're going to blah, blah, blah. And then we're going to do this thing with the ladder or with the sled and da, 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 da. And so you're there and it's the last round, right? And you're on the assault bike and you're, 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 you know, you run for governor, bro. I mean, it's all in and you are, it's all out. Right. And you're pushing, you're pushing and I'm watching the clock and I'm telling you and you're grinding and I'm like, I'm saying what I got to say. We're cheering each other on, which we still is fun for us. It's for sure. still a form of our play, but I go three, two, one time. What do you do? That's it. No, what do you do? Like, give me the word. <laughs> <Time>. <laughs> no, you stop.
0: No, it's over. Yeah, it's done. You
1: literally stop.
0: I lay on the ground. I do not do anything else. You stop. I
1: do it every Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. Jeremy Scott goes out and he gets in a game that's really speaking to him where he's in his flow doing basketball. And you ask me, David Jack, I'm I'm with you. You're like, dude, the last time I got out here and kind of got lost in this, I was late to my class at like seven in the morning and they're cool with it because they're my boys. But I want to be on time this time. So when it gets like 6.50, just do me a favor and let me know like, hey, Jeremy, you got to go. And I yell out to you. And I'm like, Jay, it's about 6.50. Tell me what you do. I don't want to bounce you. No, no, no. Dude, I got, I'm good. I'm good. I got just one more minute. One more minute. I can stretch it just one more minute. So here it is. Here it is. I've got to push, prod, coax, bribe, reward, motivate, whatever, training. I've got to stop play. That's true. Did you get that? Yeah,
0: it's true for me, and I'm a robot. So for somebody else who like loves it in a
1: different way. Dude, let that sit for a second. We are trying so hard to push, prod, bribe, motivate, dangle these goals and this fitness that is so hard sometimes, yet when there's this thing over there that this thing we call play, which, by the way, I've defined it as looking at some guys that, really do a lot of research in the industry. Ladies That do research in the industry, here's how I like to look at it. Play is an activity that you're engaged in that separates you from the constraints of time and space. Play is an activity that you're engaged in that separates you from the constraints of time and space. It's a moment where when you put a ball in your hand, everything that happens outside of that ball in the world around you melts away. It is gone. Tell me where else you find that place. I don't, that's the place that we're all trying to find space from. That's the place that keeps us unwell. That's the place that pushes us, tests us, make us sick, stresses us out. And it doesn't mean that we don't, what is it about that that stresses me out? Like there's learning there. What is it about that person that makes me th- feel this way? Like you gotta dive into that. Like I, that per- you, people don't even know they get pissed off. It's like they're, they're at, they're, their mood changes in a second. They don't know that it changed. So they don't have an awareness to understand that, man, my emotions just changed in a second. And I'm not even sure why they changed. And what is it about, so there, there is stuff there that helps set us free from a lot of the crap that we carry, that I carry. I'm like, why am I holding on to that? Like, dude, but on the flip side, there's this tool out there for me that when I actually give myself permission to do that, when I actually discover what that is for me, or I look back in my quote unquote play history, something that when I'm doing it, you know, the guy who's a surfer, He's answering emails. He's on the phone. This dude's calling him. That dude's calling him. This person's beeping at this. Come on, go! Like, you know, road rage and da, da, da. And then you're getting down, and he's got the phone in his ear and he's putting on his wetsuit. And then he's got this and he's sending a text message, and all this stuff is going on and all this noise. And then his board hits the water and everything's gone. To me, that's a super sacred place. To me, that's where fitness at the deepest level is fed with something so special, so powerful. And here's the really cool thing, which we just talked about with your play. Well, it's just play. That's just stupid. Like what we just discovered in your play was that it's probably some of the best fitness you've had in a long time because it's so dense in what it did in your brain-body connection, your neurology, neurons that were firing, your central nervous system, multiple planes of movement, how many muscles were involved, how many different joints were involved, how much kinesthetic differentiation Plan. I mean, but you didn't think about one piece of it. It was fitness as the outcome not the goal bingo boom and it's a game changer and so for me i think that's one of the things when you look at i want to bring this back around and if that helps anybody out there go you know cuz sometimes when you get lost in the stress of life and the challenges and all the things that are going on and then you just kind of get into your fitness routine and by the way we're going to talk about it i think You know, the the importance of mobility, the importance of cool downs, stuff that I always overlooked that completely changed when I learned a a different way of doing things for myself and I see the value of it. Um, All that stuff is important, but you can still make that work for you. It's your fitness ID. What we've done, and you've got to follow things, right? You've got to follow a model. You've got to imitate things. You've got to copy success. You have to learn from people that have been there. Why would you reinvent the wheel? Um, But, you know, I, I think... So those, but, but still you can make it yours instead of us trying to, there's a universe of movement. It's unlimited what you can do. Funny enough, it's all built on the foundation of a couple core things. Really? Once you know them, you unlock that, that fitness universe of movement that's unlimited. So if I would give you an analogy of that, it'd be like, once I learn, I can't do anything with the English language for real. However, I want to do it Write poetry, write songs, create, uh, you know, books, whatever. I Write a love letter to my, my significant other. I can't do any of that until I learn 26 letters. But once I learn 26 letters... Now I've got a foundation to do anything I want with them as long as I keep using them over time and I can use them my way. So what we've done is we've taken people and we shove them into what we think fitness should be for them. This slice of this universe of fitness or movement that's unlimited and we stick it onto people. It's like, no, no, no. What if we helped you see what motivates you? What, what really you, you're excited about, what really is fun, what really makes what matters to you. And then we grab pieces of that and make it your own, that unique fitness identity. But the other piece of it is if you can learn some of these fundamental letters, some of these foundational things in fitness and understanding your body and movement, and they're, they're really not complicated. If you've got those things at your base, which we call discovery, you can co-create on those and activate for the rest of your life, bringing it back to kids. I would say two things. Help them give them opportunities to develop a base, especially when they're little. I used to take my daughters when they were so if your kids are younger, and this is still good for us by the way. You just got to be careful, uh which I've learned. Um I'm like, "Oh, I'm not uh, 18 anymore." So when my kids are younger and when they're that 2 to 5 age, it's all about like uh freedom discovery. Free, just let them be free. Let them try a million different things. I don't care what you do, like if you're in the playground and you go to the sandbox, great. If you're on the swings, great. I really don't care, I just care that you're at the playground and you're doing what you wanna do and they will naturally go where they wanna go and let them do it. So I used to playground hunt with my daughters. They're free, it gave me quality time. They were like literally kids in a candy store, so excited when I parked my truck And they're like, "Ah," and they jump out and they would sprint and Ava would go one direction. Ella would go another direction and they would do what they did. And then they would jump over here and jump over there. And all I did was just be their dad. Make sure if they got close to the fences or close to places or creepers or whatever. I just, you know, guarded the fences. I, I, I set a boundary that they weren't even aware of. That's my job. And I just let them be free. And I just let them play. And I let them move. And what was so cool was I watched my daughters literally. Like I'm holding one daughter while I'm propping another one when they're climbing up a little climbing wall on this jungle gym. And 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 then I've set that daughter down and she's like sitting against the wall. And then I'm watching it two years later and I'm watching my kids skip monkey bars with their hands. And I'm watching them jump off things and roll. They discovered it on their own. All I needed to do was give them an environment that they enjoyed, that they were able to be free in. And I let the environment do the work. So, and then as they get older, You know, if your kids, dad, mom, can we go out and play? Dude, yeah, we can. I don't even like it. I don't care. If you like it, I like it. And if it's something that's going to get them moving, dad, I like Dungeons and Dragons. Dad, can you come out and do this Pokemon thing with me? I'm in my mind going, they walk, right? They they go somewhere and discover something, right? They climb up some stairs, right? Let's roll. Like that's where fitness is the outcome, not the goal. And then you can layer that. If you've got kids on the other side that are athlete-minded, they're super competitive, they're in multiple sports, they're in the same sport all year round, you've got to be on alert also because that's not natural. That's not the way we were designed. They need, def- they need to rotate things. They need to, to not get into pattern overload. They need to be able to play and do things that they love. They need freedom. And so there's a balance on both ends. I would just say, ultimately, for me, giving them opportunities to participate in things that they love to do that get them to move their bodies and, and feel free doing it, I think that's a great way to introduce fitness to people.
0: I'm realizing now we could talk for 15 hours on one thing, mm-hmm. which is blowing my
1: fucking mind. <sighs> well, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll are gonna pause on that. God.
0: Well, I'll do this really fast, and then we'll move on. Yeah. When we create programs for adults, because yep. that's who I work with now. Kids are great. It's mm-hmm. a different skill set, and my patience is It only goes so far. (laughs) I I I tried it for a long
1: time. Oh, I am not. I am not. That is not my deal, bro. It is. It's different. I am so humbled by my buddies who can do like eight sessions a day and they're fed by it. It's crazy. I'm like, uh, I got one in me.
0: So like when we make a program, most of the time it's all spoon fed to them. We coach it in real time, but it's plug and play essentially. Yes. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe it's a Metcon days. You know, Tuesday, Thursdays are loading days, if you will, to Mm -hmm. really dumb it down. But a lot of the programs we create, we will give them a a monster list. Like, I'm, and they'll ask me, Jeremy, what should I do? Even the clients who are here in person, what should I do when I'm not here? And my response is always, do the shit you love to do, Mm -hmm. do the things you like to do. Not that you don't like to push a sled and ride an assault bike, but it's different. Mm -hmm. And most of them, they don't, they can't come up with anything. Mm. When do we lose that? Like when you're a kid, there's no shortage of that. When you're mm-hmm. 26, now it's like, well, I can't figure out what I like to do. a like, you know, but it's like we forgot. That's exactly
1: right. You lose it when it gets structured. You lose it when adults take over the environment. You lose it when there's something on the line. You lose it when your motivations are different. Now I play to compete. I play to win. And so it changes and we forget, right? So somewhere along the line, but it's part of who we are innately, innately, and we don't even have time to go into this right now, but when you look historically, all the scientists that have studied this and researched this, when you look at the animal kingdom, I'll give you an example. they taken, a buddy of mine was actually involved in an experiment like this. They took rats when they were born and they took, uh, they left a couple of them in where they were, the, the um, cage that they were in with different toys and this and that. And then they put um, a, a couple over in a different one with not those same little toys and their items. Then they tested them on mazes Fascinating the difference in how they were able to navigate a, a, a challenge in life that, that required creativity then more importantly they took one or two and they put them in isolation in their own cage without anything they fed them and they had like a basic thing in there when they reintroduced their siblings to them that went in a different cage they tried to kill each other no shit of course there's no play you're not, you're a threat now. So, and we talk about in humans, they did studies on like 300 and some odd, really, really um, serious offender, criminal offenders, juvenile kids. They found out one thing in particular, actually they're tied to the same thing. Two things. One, most of those kids never had a healthy experience with play and free play when they were younger in their formative years. And secondly, most of them didn't have a father figure in their life that, that was gotten rough and tumble play. That was play. So when they have someone step up to them, no, F you. It's a threat. Oh, F you. Um, you're going down, bro. We ain't even talking about this. Like I'm taking you out because I've got no framework for that. You're an enemy because I, I don't have a framework to know that we can wrestle and grapple and oh yeah. I went too far, man. Oh, you, you're an a-hole. You, you grab my head. You put me in a headlock and then it, you work it out. Then you know your boundaries and you guys decide your boundaries together. So Jet Propulsion Labs probably one of the places where the smartest human beings on earth work rocket science stuff, right? Yeah. They actually had, um, they had like people that created a, a Renaissance in space exploration because they had to, because Kennedy is like, we're putting someone on the moon in 10 years. You figure it out. They were brought into the equation. So because of the external stimulus, it brought out the best in individuals, another topic for another time. Um, and, there was this like renaissance of these minds in space, like space exploration and, and, and engineering. So after they got through that rush of, of all the work that needed to be done in the 60s and 70s, a lot of those individuals retired because they just gave 20 years of their life all in, like people have no clue. Um, one of my mentors worked in that environment. And when they brought in this new crop of hires, They started, and we're talking the best, dude, the smartest of the smart, you know, kids that are like figuring out Rubik's cubes when they're like five, you know, MIT, Cal Poly, RPI, the best of the best. They hired the best. They got this next crop of people in and they were struggling with challenges, struggling with things that needed creativity. And they're like, what is happening? True to engineer. We're talking engineers, man. Different brain. Yeah. True to engineers. They're like, we got to figure this out. We got to create a We got to create a matrix to figure out what is going on. So they brought back a lot of the, the men and women that they had used in the sixties and seventies. And they started to interview them to figure out what are we missing in our hiring process? Every one of them, they found out that they wound up having play in their lives when they were little and the kids that they hire now didn't. That's and crazy. it was that that gave them this ability to work in teams differently and see challenges with their intellect and create solutions to problems that no one else could create because they learned it through play. That's gnarly, dude. So it's not just this esoteric, oh, play. I could do that with my kids. Well, you don't, first of all. Yeah. Like, we don't. So do that. Secondly, it's not just esoteric, it's science, man. It is science. What happens in the brain. What happens in our nervous system, what happens with our hormones, they literally have looked at the brain when someone's in play, flow state, play, you're, like Jeremy Scott, if I hooked something up to your brain when you were doing basketball oh God, dude. and hooked up something to your brain when you were sitting here crushing work, like they have no idea what you do, bro. By the way, you guys yeah. listening to this guy, you found a good guy to follow and, and don't try to follow him because he is... Oh my gosh, he is a unicorn. I've never seen anyone as committed in, to process as this guy. Um, but what, if I, if I studied your brain, literally what they've said is what happens in the brain when someone is in their play, remember my definition, you're involved in an activity that separates you from the constraints of time and space. Not me, you personally, Yeah. personally, what happens in the brain, this is scientists borders on the divine. We don't know how to explain it is powerful man. So one time I'll share this and then we'll go to another topic and we can, I can come back another time and, and dig into this to give them some practical things that they might be able to consider and bring into their fitness. I think the big takeaway is just understand the difference between I've got to push training, which sometimes is fun and it's fun for a lot of guys out there and that's okay. Cause that's their type of play. If you really love something that's challenging, that's where you've got to be careful. Cause you, you got to make sure you don't overtrain and you don't pattern overload because that will crush you when you're 30 and up. It will actually crush you when you're 18 and up, because you develop a pattern of doing things that's that's not optimal. Um, but, but you you come back from it a little bit. Like, what I
0: notice as I'm older, I don't come back from it anymore. No. It puts, well, that's the thing.
1: It's you're, spend, you're, you're, you're writing checks you can't cash later. Nope. And you don't realize it until later. We want to prevent that now. So younger guys and, and ladies that are listening, right now, like what I said is you should start thinking about – what is the, so you're going to buy a car. You go on the lot, you price this thing out. It's $32,000. That's a fair deal. I say, I'm the car dealer, dealer and I go, uh, 30, you, you go, um, I go 32 grand. And you go, how about I give you 54? Who would ever do that? Who would ever spend more than they needed to to get what they wanted? This is that minimum effective dose. Crazy young fitness people do. Don't do it. Because every rep, every extra rep, now there are times when I'll reach, but I do it for a reason. I do it for my heart. I do it for my mindset. I do it for someone I love and I'm dedicating a workout to them, which by the way, transforms my workouts. It's a gift to me more so probably than to them. Um, there are times and seasons for that, but you use that sparingly. If you train like you're competing, fitness is stealing your fitness. That's all it can do. It can't serve you. And fitness is going, wait a minute, man all these people are doing this with fitness. They're doing that with fitness. That's not who I am. They're saying that's what fitness is. Like if fitness was a person, it would look at everything that people are doing and getting shared and it would go, dude, that's that's slander. That's libel. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. Agree. Why are you doing that? My job is to serve you, to give you longevity, to make you be able to do the things you love now well and to be able to set a foundation for you to do it for the long haul and to take things that you love that are extraordinary and give you what's necessary to keep doing it. Someone loves to run. I do things in the gym I don't necessarily love to do like ankle mobility and, soul, and my soleus mobility and my peroneals, and I keep them healthy and I keep them moving and I work my mobility so that I can walk out that door and I can run 10 miles tomorrow and I can keep doing it more and more and more but I'm smart enough to rotate my miles, to fluctuate and to undulate that so that I'm smart enough not to pattern overload, so I can continue to do what I love to do longer. So sometimes we do what's necessary in the quote-unquote gym to do what's extraordinary that we love to do with our activities and our bodies and our fitness, and sometimes we don't know when we're gonna be asked to do that. That's readiness. Fit, Good fitness should provide you some readiness. But if all of your fitness is killing yourself, then you're basically f- playing a, a game, an NFL game, 5 days a week that is unsustainable it's unsustainable and here's the problem as we get older when i when i strain my Achilles or i strain my calf when i'm 18 or 22 i can come back from that a lot quicker i got a ton of free flowing testosterone i've got a ton of growth hormone i don't have a lot of wear in the carriage you know i got a, all these things in my favor that help that sin that stuff in me covers a multitude of sins but there's still a there's still collateral damage that we pay for later because we compensate for that. All of us compensate if we don't deal with it. When we're older, when we're forty, when we're thirty-eight, when we're forty-six, when we tear a calf muscle, we don't come back. So not the way we used to. And and ultimately, and, and how you know this is true, a buddy of mine studied, he, he worked backwards, he went to nursing homes. This is fascinating research, Jay. He went to nursing homes and he studied when what, okay, here's where this person ends up before they die. They're laying in a bed and they can't take care of themselves, which we call completely dependent. Like when you talk about fitness, there's these different, these five different layers of fitness. The last piece is in the least effective piece is, I am dependent on someone else for everything that I do physically with my body. And so he backed it up. What's the step before someone's in a bed And is dependent on someone else for their quality of life what's the step before that so it's wheelchair right before that it's walker before that it's cane before that it's a railing that you walk with down the hall before that it's like i'm not feeling safe to walk and i stumble before that it's a fall or an injury before that it's lack of mobility lack of strength or lack of experiences so there's this cascade that happens and there's more distance in the earlier cascades i don't i don't do mobility I'm not moving. I'm not playing. I don't move my body in different ways. I don't make my brain react to that left and I got to balance and find my way to get to that right and stumble but keep my feet. What happened was as it got closer to being dependent, the timeline was lightning fast. Once you lose it, it goes so fast. So when they started to grab a rail to walk down a hallway, if an intervention wasn't done there and it was so simple, they did seven, a circuit of seven strength exercises for people in nursing homes. You cannot believe what it did for these, for the trajectory of where they went. Unbelievable. The ones that didn't, they were in a bed dependent and from, from railing to Walker quick, quicker Walker to wheelchair, quick wheelchair to bed, quick bed Gone quick, so it's it's continuing to do these little things even now. So people have asked me when I did like, you know, when BJ was still at Men's Health and I did my last DVD for them. I think it was called MX Forty. It was kind of like, you know, that that ageless athlete. Like let's still train like an athlete. Was it you, Jeremy Shore? Me, Jay Shore, Mike Piercy. Okay, yeah, yeah. So let's still train like we we're, let's train like an athlete, but let's be smart about it and have some fun with it. Yeah. And um, you know. So it's what we realized was when I talked, was talking with BJ about it, when I was talking with men's health, like the executives there, they were like, what is the age group of this? I'm like, you, you should start training like this when you're 18 years old. 18 years old. But nobody wants to. What, how can I bank everything that I can bank? What can I bank? The least amount of work that I can do for the highest return on that. Yeah. Right? Like spend less, get more. Make it work for me. I want to come into a place and I want to like I want to leave. I don't want to crawl out of a place every day. That's no. bad, man. That's your metric if you're listening. That and I know it may make you feel better, but that means you're running from something that you need to heal a different way. There's your sign. And and take it, take what you like, leave the rest. There is a there is an there is a there is import in your life from someone or something or from your past that is causing you enough pain right now where killing yourself in the gym is the only way you can cope. It's your drink. It's the alcoholics drink and take, I'm saying, take what you like, leave the rest, but I know it to be true. Um, that's just a sign for you to go. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. What if fitness says that's not what I am and that's not sustainable, then why would I want to do that? I would want you to be able to a couple days a week, get crushed. If you love that or 10 or 15 minutes in one of your workouts, get crushed. But, but if you're going to get crushed, man, own your stuff. Like you can't get crushed and get a great workout get your heart rate up and sweat your face off. If the very things that you did for the workout, whatever exercises you chose, if you don't honor those back to the foundation, like that's a squat going, that's, that's not who I am. And if you don't do a squat the way it was meant to do, there's no way that squat can help you. It, that body, it can only steal from you. So then what I'm going to do, if I don't do the pattern, right, here's going to be my brilliant move. I'm going to actually add load to it. I'm going to load an improper pattern. Then. I'm going to push myself to a limit where I'm fatigued. And we all know what fatigue does to us. It breaks down, makes cowards of men and women. It breaks us down. So how can so we, I did a talk in Iceland and this was my fundamental about metabolic training, which I love. I was like, you go whatever way you want to go with it, but you got to come, you got to figure out three, as a coach, you got to overcome three hurdles in the beginning. One, you've got multiple movements. Super complicated already. Yep. Two, you've got multiple people. Makes it infinitely more complicated. And then three, let's make them do it when they're really tired. Yeah. Okay. Let's see how that works. Let's see what that fitness does for us. And in the end, it it does not serve us. It may feel like it for a minute, but there is a price that gets paid on that later. And so, you know, I think coming all the way back around was like, now's the time. If anyone is listening you know, what, what can I streamline? What can I get better at? What, what fundamentals am I not doing that are going to help me unlock other things? What, what really speaks to me? Like a couple days a week, go for it, own your stuff, have your base set. Don't worry about progression. Worry about getting it really, really doing it really well. And then push yourself and and stretch it and reach a couple days, man, go do something like Jeremy did where he's like, I I ultimately had to stop like I didn't want to stop playing but I I had to go like I had to go see my mom or I had to go see a friend like dang I'm forced to stop and walk out of something feeling like where did the time just go what just happened to me like I was out of life for a minute and now I'm back in life and I feel so much better than when I started to me that's really good fitness
0: it's well it's tough because what The profession sells is something different a lot of times. Right. And what the end user wants, and this is from a business standpoint. Yeah, for sure. They're like, well, we want this. And I'm like, the crazy thing most people don't realize is when you are super fit, you do get way more done with less. Yes. Like I, if you're super fit and we did a protocol, like, let's say like legit, like melt your face off, hit training, 10 seconds
1: on, a minute off. Yep. If you're fit, yes. that will destroy you because you have the horsepower to actually produce what you need to in the ten seconds. But that you, creates the response. But if you're not fit, you don't have the horsepower to make it. Uh, to make it, um, what? What is it? Uh, it's um, consistency and um, intensity. You don't have the horsepower to get the intensity into that. That gives you the yield for
0: it. And it's hard with the novice people or people who, you know, they don't eat the best. They have maybe not the best drinking habits, and they're trying to overcompensate through movement. And I'm here to tell you, like, that works for about a week. Like, yeah. when we film a men's health project, you know, yep. you're filming, like, three four workouts a day. Yep. I essentially can eat whatever I want that week, and I wake up looking, like, more shredded than Rambo. That's right. Now my body feels like shit. Yeah. I have diarrhea. It's run down. I'm so sore I can barely walk. I'm gutting through it because they're paying us and we're on camera but a normal person is trying to do that on a consistent basis yeah. and that's not sustainable at all. Yeah. And we see it all the time. So it's hard to, I'll go back to like old school. I'm not saying I was one of the first people to do mobility in a group setting in Scottsdale, but it probably was
1: early on. Yeah.
0: So every fourth week we and all of our guys here at the diehards who've been with us for a decade, know this, we would do a mobility tissue work day. We'd go through a whole checklist. We'd walk through how to use it. And our groups at let's say six in would go from 24 people to like five people. Yeah. And they would say, I don't need this. Uh-huh. This is not what I'm here for. Now, A, I'm watching you. You move like shit. You do, you do need <laughs> no, it. you need this it's so bad. It's terrible, but. You it, don't need
1: anything else. No.
0: But it's, this. It's hard for us to present yes, that to. Because they don't want it. They don't feel the value in I it. I get it. It's it's why I think, I you know, it. pre-workout always outsells probiotics. You can yeah. feel one instantly. The other one you can't. You've even got to it.
1: trust the compounding, which I never wanted to do. That yeah. seemingly insignificant things. When done consistently over time, turn into something super significant later. It's everything. It's the only way. And it's hard because
0: people don't... It's not sexy. No. So if we're on the topic, I mean, we'll go over the place. Yeah. If it is mobility, mm-hmm. how important for people, like when to start... I mean, I, I know the answer's already. Yeah. But when to start, how often should people be doing it, easy ways to integrate into their life? When I'm saying mobility, you guys, I mean... the way you think of dynamic stretching, not just the static stretching, like how you guys would do Spider-Man steps, inchworms, uh, any T-spine openers, dead hangs. I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Um, All your foam rolling, all your SMR stuff, the things that you should be doing in my opinion, daily in some way, shape or form. Most people don't do it and they put Mm -hmm. so little value on it, Mm -hmm. but without it, you're only going to run into
1: problems if you haven't already. Yeah. Here's here's what I would say for the people that are like, I, I hear you, man. And I just still like, you haven't sold me. I, I would say this. If you're interested in performance, if you're interested in being explosive, if you're interested in being stronger, and if you're interested in staying stronger for a long time, do it just because you want that other stuff. Like that's just part of the price you pay. I remember a kid I trained that went to Harvard, played football there. And I told him like, we need to get his his veggies up. And I'm like, um, and he would stay in the gym for three hours. Like he was a worker. And I'm like, dude, broccoli. And I did this on purpose. I'd known him for years. He goes, I don't like broccoli. I said, Sumner, you, we have to kick you out of this gym. You come in here and kill yourself. You're a warrior. You're going to look me dead in the eye right now and say that you don't like broccoli. You don't have the luxury to tell me you don't like it. Cause that's not who you are. Just do it. And when I spoke to him that way, he's like, Oh, okay. You, you, are you going to challenge me. Oh, I'll eat that crap. Like, so go that way with it. Be like, look, I'm going to do that because it's going to help me with something I care about. Like, it's just part of the price you pay to be a baller. You want to bench 405? Do do your mobility work to unlock the tissues that allow you to stay healthy, to train the rigorous road it takes for you to increase your PR from 365 to 405. That's a hard game right there, man. You always get injured when you reach from your 90% To your hundred percent intensities. Never any other place. So if there's someone out there going, I want to increase my vertical, I want to increase my 40, that's high test stuff, man. And the and the and the margin for injury, it's high because the stakes are high. You're asking your body to give its its highest amount of force production, its highest amount of recruitment, its highest amount of stress on your tissues. You gotta give yourself every single advantage you can to do the thing you wanna do. Just do it trust it that's it for the other people if you let yourself put it to the like pick something you like and just do it before your workout like just make it part of your workout plan I want to get to this stuff but this is just part of what I do and or like I'll wake up and I'm like you know what I'm not gonna work out today I just know it because I'm I'm the worst I'm like I'm like the worst fitness professional that's which I'm, is so crazy I'm the most unprofessional fitness professional because
0: you're so fit though like when, yeah, you lo- when, you, when you look at him, you'd be like, this dude is a
1: freak show. Like you still look like a no, freak. Dude. You're a freak show. Well, um, but you, you pay a price for that. And I, I know that's part of my, my journey. Like I, I know that I'm not living up to my potential and that's something that I've got to continue to work on with myself. And you and I have talked about that off camera, but for me, it's like, I will wake up and I'll be like, you know what I'm going to do? Like, and I have to make myself do it. And I literally, cause I'm so bad at it. I don't really care about myself enough to do what I'm supposed to do because I'm horrible with discipline. So what I'll do is I'll be like, today, that's for my daughter. Five moves, five movements right now. And I'm not even going to sweat, but I'm going to do five things for my body right now. And I'm going to dedicate it to my daughter, Ava. So go ahead. Don't do it. Let her down. So I'm going go with balls. Or I'll do something I have fun with So I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go in front of this wall. I'm going to take this ball. I'm going to get in a split stance. I'm going to throw this, like, in a half kneel. I'm going to throw this ball off the wall and, like, catch it and just open my hips up and rotate my shoulders and let my eyes move with an object, which turns on my nervous system in a completely different way. And I'm going to upregulate myself through movement, through something fun. Make it my own. I'm going to take, I'm going to crinkle up a piece of eight and a half by 11 paper. I'm going to put the back of my hands up, and I'm going to bounce that little piece of paper up in the air in open space. And I'm going to react to it for, like, 60 seconds. I'm going to see how many I can do in a row in the back of my hand. So I got 60 seconds of a ton of movement and a ton of brain-body connection. And I'm up because now I'm in this energy state. And it's like, it took me a minute, man. Like, that's a minute of movement. So you can pick a couple movements and you don't even have to sweat. You don't even have to have gym clothes on. You'd be like, I want to do an ankle glide out of a half kneel. I'm going to do some shoulder rolls. I'm going to do this hinge. And then I'm going to do an elbow to instep. And I'm going to do like literally i i'm going to come out with this um this is one of the things i was talking about that i think i need to do i invented this thing early on in my work with men's health called the two minute row and literally it was just follow me i'm gonna take you just for two minutes of movement and take it and run you don't even need to take your clothes off you don't even need to gym clothes you don't even need to sweat we're just going to get good stuff in you and i know that if we keep getting good stuff in you it will do what it always does do good stuff in you right yeah and then if you want you can just rest a minute and do it again and do it again and you can get like 10 minutes worth of work if you feel like it, if not, roll. But pick, like literally do a two minute drill and be like, I'm gonna do these four moves, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, I'm out. And if you do that in a way that's tangible for you and is doable for you, and on a scale of one to 10, could you do that tomorrow? Yeah, that's 10. Like what moves would you pick? Pick some different ones. I'm gonna do one for my shoulders and one for my hips. I'm going to do one for my core. And I'm going to do one that's kind of, going to kind of move and balance. Awesome. Roll. It's
0: so simple because we get married to this idea, though, of, well, I don't have time. It's the excuse. Like, I don't have an hour to train. And the biggest barrier I sometimes will get with people is, well, your group sessions are only 30 minutes. I'm like, well, most of them are, are, are metabolic in, yep. in the base
1: you, of it. Most people don't need more than 15 or 20.
0: No. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I go, I've watched it long enough. And even in, to men's health, like sometimes you got to – Yeah. It's like, it's like a video. It's a video game. Understood. It's okay. Maybe you can beat it. Maybe you can't And my, the the feedback I would always give is this is 40 minutes. You guys of me ripping my face off. I can barely get through this. If I can barely get through it, it's not sustainable. And so we get married to, well, if it's, if I can't do at least 45 minutes or an hour, it's worthless. That Mm -hmm. 10 minutes compounds into so much. But it's oh. hard for people to divorce their brain from the idea of, well, my gym clothes aren't perfect. I don't have an hour. I... You don't need that shit. No. It's so little.
1: And and think about, like, I'm going to talk about the inverse pyramid of fitness and that you and I talked about that I, that I thought about. But I'm going to start it like this. Like, what do you need? Like, get out. Like, literally step out of yourself. Step out of what you want. Step out of all that. Let's just look at it black and white. That's it. And it's hard for me because I'm not that type of a guy. Yeah. But if I get third person and I sit back. And I go, okay, I'm going to look at a 40-year-old guy, right? Or a 35-year-old or a 45-year-old woman or whatever. What does that body really need? What's happening in that body? Like science now, that's it. Like, no, get the emotion out of it. What, what is happening in that body that's most important? Then if I could figure that out, I'd go, okay, then what does it need? And then my first priority would be give what it needs. I'm going to tell you this at every age. Your body needs an opportunity for the brain to talk to a joint complex and all the muscles and all the cells and all the nerves that drive it before you want to try to load up and do a 10-foot broad jump. We don't get in a classic car and just go Wah! and redline it. You don't do that. So mobility from a performance standpoint, it's like, dude, I am I'm priming the pump. I am up-regulating my system so that not only can it produce more, but it also sets it up so that it can do it safely. Because I want to do it more. So it works there. On the flip side, as we're aging, man, what's happening? We're losing hydration in our tissues. We're, we're tightening up. We have scar tissue. We've got injuries. We've got less muscle tissue. We've got less hormones that drives recovery and drives our power. Our ATP system's different. Our recycling's different. All that stuff starts to be affected. And it's like, well, then what do we need? My, my mobility is closing down because I don't move as much as I used to and I sit 10 hours a day or whatever it is. So if that's the malady, if my body is in a position where my back is bent 10 hours a day, I've got to break that creep, break that creep, break that creep. And it needs this in order to fight that. So what's the malady? What's the medicine? And if we're practical about it, we're like, well, then that's what I should prioritize. Right? But we you and I got to fit this in for people in a way that they don't even, they don't, I just want to just tell me what to do. And that's okay. Yeah. That's on us. It's your and my job to follow the black on the white. And by the way, if you're listening and you're following programs that aren't Jeremy's, follow his or people that he, he trusts. If you're following a program that doesn't spend time on mobility and do it differently and not just throw it at you like, oh, just throw this elbow to instep. No. Don't just throw this elbow to instep in there where you can't even get down and your back knee's killing you and your front heel's off the floor and you're, you're, you're hunched over and you're straining and you're, like we say, flex, you know, flex your body, not your face. And you can't even release your face and your neck and your shoulders and stay in that position and pull a deep breath down into your belly and own that position and not feel strain. It's too much. You're forcing a position that can't get you more mobility because what you're telling your brain is and what your brain is telling you is, that hurts, I'm not gonna let you do it. So what I'm gonna do is lock you up and I'm gonna guard and I'm gonna protect you and ironically, the very thing that we're trying to do becomes an insult to our nervous system and then it will not let the muscles do what it's supposed to do because the brain's first job is to protect us from injury.
0: Well, it's crazy, like we we started doing, I stole this from DOS actually. Um, My
1: boy, Dos Remedios.
0: So we all, I mean, stand on the shoulders of giants and we all beg, borrow, and steal our own stuff. But he's the first person I remember saying, like, having my same issue with mobility. Like, okay, we can't get people to do it. So we just build it into the days. That's right. They don't even, if I didn't tell these guys it was a mobility drill, most of them wouldn't know. No. And
1: it appears as a really cool, really different body weight circuit.
0: Yes. It does. And the thing these guys struggle with the most here, like when we're like, do five inchworms. They hate it. They're like, I can't breathe. It's tough for me. I'm like, well, you're actually moving your body through space in a way you normally don't. Standing to prone, you're returning. Maybe a push-up, maybe Spider-Man steps, the world's greatest stretch. We build all that stuff in. And now we can get them to do it. Yeah, And they're like, this yeah. is the hardest thing we did today. How about it? I go, this is should be the easiest thing you did today.
1: My friend, my mentor, BJ Baker, when he was at the Red Sox, this was like 96, 97 when I first met him. He was doing integrated mobility and he would pull it from flow yoga. And from like, he was friends with Verstegen before Verstegen wrote his books and started introducing to the world what he was doing. Oh shit. So he was and Mike Boyle, who was like really the first kind of strength and conditioning for pop the population of athletes, not pros and high end college kids. Yeah. So they were sharing stuff that was like the wizard, like a spaceship. It's lane. like witchcraft. And I got into that early and it was just part of how I learned. I didn't know any differently, but he would take his baseball players. We're talking, I won't name some of them, but strong, big dudes through like a 20 minute mobility session in season. Cause you don't want to train them hard and they would be crushed. And he'd be like, that was the mobility. That would be our mobility work. And they're like, bro, that was like one of the hardest workouts I've done. So you can make it as hard as you want based on how far you go with it and how long you stay there with it and the range of motion you go into. And that's exactly what we do. I've come to a place now where I don't even call it that for people that struggle with it. This is, this is phase one of your workout. It's your, it's body weight, body weight flow or body weight bruiser or like whatever. And it's like, oh, that's a challenge. Like, and then I back out what, like, no, we're not going to grind through it. Here's when you do this right. When you're in that po- that pose, I want you to freeze for a second, and I want you to count to five, and I want to hear it. Oh, man. One, two. Because if you're not, you don't own it. Back it off. Put your knee down, flatten your spine out, drop your elbow, and breathe. And that unlocks. I can't show you because these guys can't see me. But you want triple extension. You want power in your jumps. You want to dunk. You want to sprint. What does that require? It requires our brain and our body to fire. To produce force at the same time really quickly and it needs an inc- it needs the brakes removed so if my back is hunched over because i don't work on that part of my mobility if my hip flexors are tight and my hips are bent and i'm trying to get triple extension to push force through the ground so i can leave it and my hip is locked up that power i'm creating is jammed up think of a hose and i'm trying to get this this force out of the end of the hose, but there's a kink somewhere up the line. It is removed the power that I can produce and put into the floor because it's blocked somewhere along the way. The only way to keep that line open, to be a baller, to be jacked, to be fast, to do what you love to do and stay healthy yes. is to do mo- to open those systems up and keep them open.
0: So if you're a dude, like a dude's listening, and he's the normal, all my bros out there, women tend to be better than guys. Yes, I mean they're smarter than us. Obviously. True,
1: it's um, true.
0: They live longer. And
1: they're way more humble. Yes, and they <laughs>
0: our egos are. They're willing to listen too. Yeah, they're, and they value it to a level we don't. Mobility, Correct. anyway. For the guy who's listening, who does the old school stuff. Um, I don't want to go down the barbell, dumbbell thing. It's a whole different concept. I don't barbell bench press, like, mm-hmm. really ever. Yeah, I don't either. I don't see a purpose for it. I don't give a shit. I used to really
1: enjoy it. Yeah.
0: When I used to think, of like, it was a numbers game. Like, yeah. Who's Dick's Gave bigger? Getting three wheels on. Yeah. Yeah. But for the guy who still goes in there, and that's his thing, that's fine. Own it. Mm. But they, their mobility or their warm-ups are basically just acclimation sets. They put on plates. Right. Like I did at 20 years old. Right. Well, and I, we would – I'm an asshole dude, so I would do what normal dudes do. If you can't do plates, dude, just do push-ups. Like, we would just talk that kind of bullshit. Yep. But I would do no shoulder mobility, nothing for my shoulder girdle, nothing for uh, major, minor, nothing at all. But yep. I just walk in and bench press. Like, how much of a disservice are those dudes doing to themselves today and in the future?
1: Well, well they, they don't know it, right? They don't know what they don't know. And so I, you can't – I don't – I'm not mad at them because I I have 50,000 things in my life that are like that right now, where a guy listening to me, I would look at my budget and would go, bro, that's so simple. Like, I can't believe you're not doing that. I can't believe you don't get that, Dave. Yeah. You don't understand the real principle behind, behind compound interest. You don't get it. (laughs) Like that credit card, you still have a a thing on that. You're getting 5% or 8% over here, but you're spending 9% over there. Like, dude, what is wrong with you? So I realize, and you realize we're shepherds on this journey. Yep. We just happen to discover something and we'd like to, I can't force anybody to do anything. My only job as a coach is to say, hey, there's something I found that I think really is is good. And my mission is to magnify the good and to make it available for you to make the choice you want to make. My responsibility as a coach is to give you an opportunity to make a decision that's good for you, not force you to make it. So this is where we are right here. I know, you know, they're listening to a fitness pro like at least one of us (laughs) and it's it's you they're listening to a fitness pro and at some point they got to go holy they might actually know what they're talking about maybe i should listen maybe i should just trust the black on the white and do what they're telling me to do and i can do it my way i can make it back to what we talked about in the beginning they could do it their way i don't care how the good stuff gets in you this is a story that we use right i did on the katie kirk show talked about nutrition we talk about i could sit across the table with my daughters when they were younger and go, I could sit there for an hour and give them every study on why antioxidants are good for their bodies and how they're the, the, you know, cellular health, the mitochondria, the telomeres, like the absolute like circle of life in us as human beings. Nothing does better for that than like veggies and antioxidants and like clean proteins and one ingredient foods and blah, 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 blah. And I could talk to them blue in the face with all the right information. And they're just going to be like, don't care. Don't want to eat that. Not going to that. I don't nope. Or I can go over, chop up all these things, throw them in a crock pot, make some dope chicken noodle soup, serve them the bowl of chicken noodle soup. And they'll ask me for a second bowl. See the difference? The Presentation. I, it's a delivery system. Yeah. I don't care how you get it in you. I just care that it gets in you because the good stuff always does the good stuff. They've got to make a decision now. Like, get this stuff in because it works when it works. The disservice is, because you and I know this, We you don't have to go on science, but you can just go from common sense. If I build the foundation of a house and I've saved my whole life to build this house up and I'm, I'm building my dream home and the walls aren't plumb, like one's 15 degrees out this way and the other one's seven degrees in this way and the other one's eight degrees out that way, what happens to the house at some point? Collapse. Dude, it's a catastrophe. It's a catastrophe. So if I go into, I don't want to take away what you love. You want to bench. Tell me, talk to me about it. Where are you at? How long have you benched? What's your PR? What are you doing right now? What is the other stuff you're doing right now? How do your shoulders feel? Let's take a look at them because here's what I know in order to bench, you need centrated shoulder joints. You need strong lats. Every guy that's ever put up any amount of weight, they got jacked what does blats have to do with benching what does a centrated shoulder have to do with benching everything the only way for me to do that is to create balance in a, in an area so that those muscles and those tissues are working the way they were designed to work and when they do man they can do some work they can do some work so let's give them a chance to do that do what you love to do but realize when you come in and you've got upper cross and your shoulders are facing each other and your pecs are like so so tight and i need to open that tissue up so that and be centrated and then be able to fire other muscles so that my brain can go that hose send it bro and it there's an open hose line and it's like a freaking fire hose it shoots out the other end give it that chance man and here's what's really cool about it you'll probably run less risk of tearing your pec off your shoulder Or tearing your bicep off your shoulder. Which are both terrible. Good good luck. Terrible. Good luck coming back. And it was preventable. That's the disaster of it. And that's where on us, you and I, Jay, we have a responsibility to tell people the truth because that's preventable. Texting and driving and killing someone, that's preventable. That's not an accident. And if we don't talk about this stuff, you and I have a problem because we're not honoring our profession or the people we serve. They deserve the truth. These guys, these ladies, they deserve That is the truth, guys. And you do what you want with it. But I'm telling you what, if you trust the process and you just, I don't care what it is that you love, let's do some of the things around those joints that I'm gonna require and and let's see what happens. Let me give it a little bit of consistency and let's see what happens over time. I promise you, you know, Kelly Surrett was so good at this. My friend Jeremy Shore was so good at this when he taught for Trigger Point Therapy and and some other organizations. Uh, The guy who started Trigger Point Therapy Um, he, he would go in and he would teach coaches. This is what he would do. He would take you through like, by the way, it looked like a spaceship landed. He would take you through this really cool, really, really effective SMR self myofascial release tissue work stuff with some tools. And first of all, people are like, Oh my gosh, like that's really smart. And I've never looked at it that way. And I never even knew those tools were available to me and the patterns that you had me do. So first of all, we want to be really smart and really effective with what we do. You guys don't have the kind of time required to screw around and to not get results for what you do. So hone the craft. Let's help you find the things that that least amount of time, highest yield. Least amount of time, highest yield. So that's part of what people discovered. Then they felt a certain way and he let them feel it. Move your move your ankle up and down now. Move your bend your knee up and down. Stand up, lift your leg. And then he would say to them, "Session's over. Goodbye." And every one of them would go, "You can't do that to us. You can't. There's no way. We this leg is so tight now and it's like, do you see what you've been giving yourself permission to do? Don't do that anymore because that's what it feels like. That's what it feels. So do that, feel what it feels like, and then don't do it. And you're like, man, it makes a difference, bro. I want to say one thing though, when it goes to, cause you and I have an old school background, yeah. seller dweller background. I will also say on the flip side of the functional side of all of it, movement's the miracle. Movement is the miracle. We're going to do the inverted fitness thing maybe to, to wrap it up. But one of the things I will say is I, we went through this where the pendulum slung, where they're like, everything's got to be functional and you got to do in planks and, blah, 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 and that's not functional. That's a single isolated exercise. BS. Go ahead and do a tricep push down with a weight that's your eight rep weight. You feel your glutes and your core. Try to make it feel like that in a plank.
0: I've always said it doesn't well, happen. It, well, because we, we came so far. We, right?
1: Well, the pendulum always swings too far.
0: And so now it's like, well, you got to do. And again, I love. Uh, Kelly Surette, the whole mobility wad went through yep. the whole thing. And he says it too. He's like, you could do two hours of mobility a day. And that probably still won't be enough, you know, in, in, in a perfect world for your yep. body. But none of us have that time. And then you'll find the guys who, well, it's 25 minutes of mobility every day before a workout. I'm like, you can't do that shit either. And I'd argue with them like, well, this isn't functional. I go, have you ever done a barbell curl? Like Ooh. with a decent load on it standing. Ooh. That's like more gangster than any plank I've ever done. Every
1: single line in your body is activated like myofascially. So many different muscles are involved. But it's a single joint exercise. So I want to give you guys permission out there. You're probably following Jay because he's just straight up, real deal, no fluff, seller dweller, for real, old school, loves strength, loves physique, understands that you blend in pieces of what you love and athleticism and functional and all that. But I want to also give you permission to know that – If you've got a few of those exercises where you actually have quote unquote machines, bro, do not be afraid. That stuff, especially as we age is gold, where there's less risk for injury. There's less functional movements are awesome because they involve so many things. But if they're done wrong, they involve so many things. So the risk is high. Yeah. So tricep pushdowns, standing dumbbell curls, seated rows, seated pull-downs. Like there are some things in the gym that go for it and geek out on it and don't get crazy with it. 3 sets, 15 reps. Maybe I could do 17. Leave a couple in your pocket. Get swole. Balance it out. Balanced strength work to me is king. Like and and balanced strength work that doesn't beat the hell out of you. So, you're going to try to go from 300 to 315 on a bench that's taxing there is a high cost because that's at high intensity so if you can get a lot of stuff in your workout that's that 8 to 15 rep range don't feel pain when you do it feel swole feel jacked up and you, you balance it out you know hamstring curls like whatever um uh you know reverse hypers whatever like that stuff balanced out right Done with good intensity, with really good form, which some of those exercises bias you into naturally gold, in my opinion, gold. Well, I still train a lot of the stuff I've
0: always done. I'll never get away from it. Like I'm always going to do like I love the functional stuff. I love the metabolic things. We marry into it. I'm a fan of mobility. Mm -hmm. But the base of what I do is still the bro shit.
1: Yep. It always will be. And it's so good. It's so good.
0: And it works. Yes, it does. That's the crazy thing. On
1: so many levels, how you look, how you feel, all your health markers, your bone density. I mean, it would just go on and on and on and on at the benefits of that. Um, What I'll say is where we bring in this other piece of it, this mobility, this kind of athletic development movement side of it. First of all, it's so fun. It's so fun when you get it right. For sure. And it's so fun when you allow yourself to have fun with it. Like stop putting, you know what I did the other day? I put a half ladder out in my backyard. And I get this stuff, dude. And I was like, dude, you are structuring yourself. Even though for the rest of the world, they're like, this dude's wacko. What is he even doing? This is like play 101. I was still structuring myself. So I heard a song that I love in the background. Had my little block rocker out there. And I'm like, I'm going to pick ladder patterns. And I'm literally just going to put my feet in and out on the ground to the beat. And I, I went to like a metronome, like tempo of music. Boom, boom, boom in, out, up, back, ah, icky shuffle, two in, two out, ba bop, bop, boom, bop, bop, boom. And I literally did it on the beat and I was like, my arms, like I was having so much freaking fun. Just moving. And staying clean on the ladder. I, I took, I, I didn't see it. And I'm like, my gosh, there's always more room for me to make this fun for me. Um, so, but where we, where we look at it differently and what I want to share also with, with the listeners out there is that if we just do that stuff, Almost everything we do from a strength standpoint that's real strength because of the way our bodies are designed is always going to be in the sagittal plane, like f- moving forward and back or staying forward or a load when we're like up and down, right? So think of it. I, you, I don't care. Upright rows, curls, tricep pushdowns, uh, um, overhead presses, uh, pull downs, squats, lunges, all, they're always done in this sagittal plane, this one piece of movement. The brain brain loves 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 three-dimensional movement and you when you give it that it is like it's literally like feeding up a flower like giving it water it's life giving and it's so when we we build the one so it's like i talk about it as this center of our core it's like that when we work on that stuff and we do the quality strength stuff and we do it right and we do it pain free and we balance it out, then I'm building like this center post. And then what that allows these things that are on uh, ball joints that swing around my arms and my legs, when they want to swing around and do something life acts them to ask them to do. And they've got freedom to do it. They can get extended. They can open up without pain, without risk. So the brain goes, I'll let you do that. And I'll let you do that freely. That post in the middle that I've built holds those in place. It's got an anchor to work from. And when I allow that movement, then it also gives that brain and that central nervous system and that anchor, this information and this energy from out there that builds so many criteria and parameters of Dense fitness and dense athletic development that happens inside of our body. The functional density in it is so deep. It is so rich. I call it like my 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 most nutrient-dense foods for fitness. It's – well, and to get to that point in the
0: training, your brain has to evolve, obviously, like over time from how mine has progressed from age 20 till now. Yes. Like where I was, a lot of the people listening, especially the younger dudes, I would die in here. Like every fucking day, yeah. Like to the point of where, and it's hard. It's it's like when I remember competing one time, and there's this guy Skip Wood um, who was competing with me, and I'll never forget this phrase because that's when I knew bodybuilding is completely fucked. Uh, uh, just from <laughs> a, it's oh, it is. It's great for what it is. It's a different subculture. You can learn a lot of good things if you're mentally the ready discipline to be to there.
1: Is I give him so much credit, man. But you got to be
0: crazy. And I remember being backstage. Um, before going out, like for like the basically prejudging basically where they really do it. And then the night shows where they basically just for your friends and family, they score you here. So this is when you're the, you're most depleted yep. and crazy. Yep. We're sitting there and there's a guy eating an apple and he looks to me and he's like, I can't believe somebody would put that much sugar in their body. Like that literally was the statement. And I'm like, he's fucking crazy. And I'm like, I'm just as crazy. Cause I'm here competing with him doing this stuff. And that's how my training used to be. So I get to the point where if I wasn't like deadlifting or squatting, it wasn't really a hard workout, which is insane to say, because like even on the days where you're heavy, horizontal pressing and vertical pressing, I'd still kill myself. But I wasn't dead to like when I would really deadlift and squat dead. Yep. And then as I get older, you realize. And those are beautiful exercises, yeah, by the way. But it was stealing so much for me. Like yeah. I would train on a Tuesday, let's say lower, and I'd come in here on a Wednesday and not that my body my body would be sore, but my life energy was gone. Like I was a zombie just going through the motions. That's what we call your
1: fitness, stealing your fitness.
0: And it I got to the point where I'm like, I can't do this anymore. No. And it was hard for me to let go of that for a lot of young guys listening to where I'd come in here and be like, you know what? I can come in here, go through patterns safely, get a pump, still push myself, but leave here and actually be a real human Mm. and like talk to my wife and do normal people shit where look jacked and be so much better off for it. And the sustainability of it is forever. And that was hard for me to graduate to that standpoint. Because there's
1: an identity in that, like with all of us and we, this is where we get real talk, right? Like um, if your sport, if your training, if your body, if your fitness is your identity, meaning my worth comes from what I look like my worth well, and I don't even understand it yet. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know that that's my identity yet until it's gone. That's when you find out it was your identity. And that's when it lands. You saw that there's a, a show that had like Marcus Luttrell, the Navy seal on it. It had Brett Favre on it. It had, um, another military guy, a Marine special operator. And I forget what other pro athlete was on there. Um, the, some, some of these guys might've seen it, but they were talking about what happened when the lights went out for those guys, Brett Favre's when he knew it was his last time running out in the stadium. Oh God. And you're talking about like, like Tiki Barber, Rondé Barber, Tiki or Rondé, I can't remember all pro football player had a, had a million dollar contract was on TV. Still talking about the sport that he loves. He was relevant, locked himself in his parents' attic for six months. Just depressed because that's who I was. And I'm not that anymore. And I don't know who I am and what to do with it. So if, if fitness is, if that's our identity, it, it's, it's, it's a problem. Because when it goes away, that's what you feel. And that's what we suffer with until we realize, wait a minute, there's more to this game. Like, and there's a deeper why and a different why and why it's important for me. But everyone's got to run their own race. The ones that are listening out there that have busted your butt and sacrificed and, and counted your carbs and counted your grams of protein and counted what you take in and, and you know, it, chicken, broccoli, rice, and you know, all of that stuff. Let me tell you something. You have earned your stripes. You have earned the foundation to do whatever you want with fitness because you have a base of strength. You have a physical literacy and a gym literacy that's high. Here's what you also have. You know that when you're ready and when it gets serious for you, serious enough, and you want to contribute with your life to humanity, you know you've got the discipline to do anything you set your mind to. That's what you should walk away with right now. What you do with your fitness is your choice. We're telling you that if you continue to run this race, you will hit a brick wall. You will learn from it. You will make the decisions that are right for you. We're just trying to help you buy speed. We're trying to help you go around obstacles that you don't need to go through unless that's what God wants you to do. And I don't want to step on his toes because he's got stuff he wants to teach you and he's got stuff he wants to show you about who you are inside. And we'll never step in the way of that because it's unbelievable. Those personal journeys but know that you have a foundation that most of us, like me, was never willing to pay the price for to go all in and to be so disciplined, to sacrifice so much for something that I wanted. I just I've never, never gone that far. You are world changers. Get your mind right and decide to use it in a way that changes the world. Well, the one thing I don't want to get super you Have off the top. gym, leave the gym.
0: I don't want to get off topic here, but I, I don't, do. Don't, don't. Okay, uh, let's do it. Where but are where are we headed? Well, it's the same thing. You asked me this. Well, you asked BJ and I. We're at Ruth Chris one night at dinner, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget it. And I still don't really know the answer because you were like, what if this was all taken away from you? Like, what if your body was taken away from you? Like, would you be okay with that? And I'm like, I want to say yeah, but I don't think I would be because I've put so much time into it. Yep. And it's, it is who I am. It's like you, it, whether it's ego shit or it's the ultimate flex, maybe it's why I don't care about a lot of our things because I'm like, well, I'm shredded. And like in and Drees and I would joke about it all the time like yeah. in like a really asshole kind of way. Well,
1: I got to catch up with him. My We'd wife, be
0: like, kid. oh, yeah, that guy, cool. He drives a Ferrari, cool, but I'm shredded. Who gives a shit? Like It was always like <laughs> yeah. the default in, it's, yeah. I mean, as a young 20. That was
1: your big stick you swung. Yeah,
0: like yeah. when you're 26 is what you do. Yeah. As you get older, you realize you're just being an asshole. But... I don't know if I'd be okay with, like, not being in this machine because it's what I walk around with every day. And it is – my whole world is – and I'll share the story quick. My first, like, supplement contract was with Natrol, which owned ProLab and MRI. Yeah, yeah. And I'm an athlete there. And so this guy, AC, who's, like, a higher up, every time they'd pick me up from the airport or every time I'd go to the Arnold, the Olympia, whatever, he'd be like, oh, Jeremy Scott Fitness is here. And he would always say it like that. Not Jeremy's here, not Jeremy Scott's here, Jeremy Scott Fitness is here. And to them, that's obviously like that's who I was and what I was, but that's my entire identity is wrapped mm. up in that. My name's on the building. It's on the t-shirts. It's how people know me. If I didn't do a podcast, they probably know what my voice sounds like and they just see me on video. Yeah. So it, I get where people struggle with the, the evolution of your training as it has to change as you age. So I don't know if I could ever answer the question like, would I be okay? Hopefully I don't ever have to. But it's tough because you do put so much time into it. And to realize, like, when I do go play basketball, in my brain, I can still do all the same stuff. But the percentage of the shots falling is not the same. Like, it, it does evolve and it does shift. Yeah. And that's tough for people. Well,
1: that's a specific skill, right? And, yeah. and you got to keep that saw sharp. Like, you got guys like Jordan spending three extra hours in the gym before everybody else. And you got guys like Steph Curry spending three or four extra hours. They're the best at the best. It's crazy. And if they don't do that, their shots don't fall. Yep. Like, that, that tells you. Yeah, It's a skill. Um, but I think, you know, for you, what I would say is that's super healthy. Like to have you go, yeah, I'd be to be like, I don't know. That's so healthy.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: and that's, we don't give ourselves permission as men in particular, women more so, but to just be real and to be like, no, that's my truth, man. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. G- perfect. Don't try to lie about it. But think about that and because then that gives you like, it gives you a way to audit where you're at with your relationship with your fitness and the things that you like and the things that you might want to try. And, um, you know, I, I used to talk about one of the things I used to do with my clients where, okay, I want to, and I would, this is going to happen for them live right now. I could kind of do it like this one to many. Um, so if I asked you guys and ladies listening to think about your, your workouts for, this is good. It's, I don't know when you'll hear this, but think of the last week of your sessions, And so just take a second to do that. Just kind of, you don't have to know the exacts. Some of you probably will, but think about like the generalities of your your workouts, your last three or four workouts and just kind of let that sit. Then if I asked you to look over those last three or four days and I, I asked you to prescribe a word that best summarized the overall like arc theme energy, if you will, of that workout, your last three or four, I want you to apply that word to it. So hustle, grind, flow, grow. I'm just picking those words. If you wrote down grind for f- your last four workouts, that's information. If you wrote down hustle, got a little cardio, got, you know, da, 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 and, and by the way, they didn't look the same. Um, and then I had some flow. I had this day where I just I, I didn't put anything on the board and I went in and I wound up shooting some hoops, and then I kind of went over and I played this thing with the medicine ball on the wall, and that turned into this, and I just like I just kind of lost it and I had fun and I just left and I didn't really look at the clock and I felt great. And then I had this one day where a man I was dude, biceps were on fire. It was like swole show, all in, like grow style. That was that day. Like, then you start to go, man, I've got a pretty good blend of the things that I am doing consistently with my fitness. And then you could take it a step deeper. And if I was like, okay, how many of the things did you actually move side to side? How many of the things did you actually move in rotation? How many of the things did you change levels in? How many things did you do on one foot? How many things did you have a split stance? How many things did you do standing on your two feet? How many things did you do pulling, pushing? So then we could look at it a little bit further and you could be like, oh, cool. And that's just information. Jeremy mentioned something earlier. It's kind of like taking the car into the shop or, you know, when you're a NASCAR driver, you pull in the pit and it's like, check it out, bro. Cause I'm, I'm on high test out there. I'm running this rig. And can you just take a look under the hood and take a look under the tires and tell me anything I need to worry about right now? Yeah, dude, we're going to change these two tires. We're going to do something with that filter in there. This roll, you're gone. Bring that thing in the garage every now and then. Take a run through, just take, figure out what your metric is. Figure out what your audit is. That's what I call it, like your athlete audit or your fitness audit. Just what are the questions? And I, this is some of the stuff that I do and, and I'll share eventually over time, but you run through that really quick and be like, it's a pre-flight checklist. Oh, shoot, man, that's a gap. I'm gonna roll some of that into my next week or I'm gonna go on Jeremy's site and I'm gonna pick something that has that stuff in it. I like it anyway, I just forgot about it because we are creatures of habit. We default to what we enjoy. We default to what we feel good at. And we need to help each other just round it out, right?
0: Yeah, most people I think are going to – well, that's why the average gym goer – everything has a purpose. I'm not going to bag on anything. The big box gyms do have a purpose. Yep. But for some people, you're just renting equipment, and you're going to default to the shit that you like. Yep. Unless you're an idiot like me. And I always use the Goodwill hunting quote when he's talking to – Matt Damon's talking to Robin Williams about his dad. Um, he's like, he would lay all this stuff on a table. He'd lay a belt, a stick, and a wrench. And Robin Williams like, well, that's easy, dude. I go with the belt. And Matt Damon's like, well, I go with the wrench. And he's why? He's like, well, fuck him, that's why.
1: That's, that's exactly right. That's
0: how I think of it. Like, I do the sh- worst shit. But I hate myself just enough to do it and push myself <laughs> through it. But I'm not normal. And I understand that. Where a normal person is not going to. No. And as I'm, I'm not as structured as i used to be like i still have a structure and to most people they'd see it and they're like no it's very regimented." but it works for you
1: jay yeah that's the key this is the whole this is it dude this here's your here's your like here's your aha moment here's your life lesson in a box your fitness works for you it'll change when it's supposed to change you got a foundation that you can pull from and tools that you can use on the job a million different ways however you want to use it because you've earned that you got the base you go wherever you want with it you make it work for you, you make fitness yours, they can do the same thing. And if they don't know what to do, like you didn't at one point, and you saw Dose do something and you're like, whoa, let me follow that, let me try that, let me, he knows something I don't know, I'm gonna trust the black on the white and practice it. If you need to fill a gap at home, fill the gap. If you're interested in that, do it. Like the answers are out there for you, it's done for you, but make it your own. I'm gonna give you a quick example right now, let's make it super simple. I had to, uh, I did this project with some friends. We worked on mindset. We worked on emotional, uh, you know, like emotional intelligence, EQ stuff, team stuff, and then real physical, like fitness stuff. And because they were high-level executives at Apple in the finance department, they're very tight team that did so much together. Um, I was like, what? How could I relate to them? How could they understand the message, right? And and you got to realize that the function always remains the same. You got to change the form, however necessary. To reach the people that you want to talk to, so I came up with this thought for them to show them a principle, and the principle is this: a push-up is always going to be a push-up until you can look at it differently. A walk is always going to be a walk until you can look at it differently. So I set up an experience because we I, they, I knew they understood the principle of compounding, like that's who they are. Yeah, that's what they do. But I also wanted them to understand the principle: is fitness is the outcome, not the goal. So let's just take a walk. The seemingly most insignificant, like eh, uh, half the people like, I don't even want to take a walk. It's so stupid. It's so boring. So here's what I had them do. I had them partner up with people that they chose, which is important. Um, And then I had, I mapped out the walk before they got there for the weekend. This, this really cool resort up in Northern California. And um, I knew how many total steps it was when I would be done with them, which was really the reveal. Like how many did you count? Not one. You know how many you did? 6,000. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Because the ones you do the rest of the day, you're all set. Like, right. and you didn't even feel one of them. Can you do that? So here's what we did. First lap around my trail, like through the resort, was this. I gave him a trivia question. And I said, your teams, your you're individuals, like you two are a team, but then you're on this team. So I split them in half. And I said, the group that comes back with the most acceptable answers to this trivia question wins this round. I gave them the trivia question. Off they went. They came back. I asked questions. They gave me some awesome answers. I said, okay, round two. I want you guys. So basically, you, do you guys see that down there, that big pine tree way down there? That's about the halfway point. So when you get there, around there, if you think about it, just switch and focus on the other person. I want you to rapid fire as fast as you can. I want you to tell the person that you're with, who they had a tight relationship anyway, um, as many things about you that they might not know as possible, or things that matter to you, as possible as you can in your minute and a half or so. Except it takes about three or four minutes to get around this, each of these laps or yeah. whatever. Um, and so they did, they came back later, the senior vice president, he was a senior vice president at Apple said, I've been with these people for some of them for like eight years. Intimately. Our team is so tight. We work eight, 12 hours a day together every day of the week. We know each other's families, graduations. He said, I learned more about what that guy that you partnered me up with in a minute and a half. I haven't heard those things about him in eight years. That's crazy. So third time around. I said, I want you guys to come back and tell me just, I want you to just look around and I want you to tell me something that you see that speaks to you really deeply, something that sticks out to you the most. And they came back and they told me each of them had something. And then here's what I said. I said, uh, on the second lap around, how many of you thought about the trivia question? Raise your hand. Not one. I said on the first lap around, how many of you thought to share all about yourself with someone else, not one. Before the third lap around, how many of you saw the thing you saw that stuck out to you? And for some, it was like powerful. How many of you saw that on the first two laps? Not one. So I said, here's what's interesting. It's the same exact walk. Literally, the same exact walk. The same amount of steps. But each time it was a completely different experience. That's when you change fitness. That's tight. And that's what they can do. These guys. I had a buddy when I understood his core motivations as part of my fitness ID. I put a, a fitness activity and he was a former college baseball player. I, I asked him what his favorite exercises were. Tell me a story about one of your favorite workouts. Story is super important. Well, we could do this another time. I could take them through this. It's so powerful. Um, so I gathered a bunch of information. Then I'm like, okay, we got to highlight this stuff. He's got to, he's got to connect to it so that I can coach from it and help him see something that might work for him. So based on what he loved to do and what he had done historically in his own fitness and training, I said, we'll pick, I said, we went over his stuff. I had him tell me what spoke to him. So I knew I wasn't feeding him something. It was his awareness. Then I took, put down a hike. I said, okay, we're going to program a hike for you, for your fitness. He's 23 year old just out of college, pro base like you know, college baseball player. He's like, Dave, to be honest, he's like, I won't go on a hike. That's just I'm not gonna do that. It's not your thing. It's not my thing. So what I did was I said, okay, okay. I said, let me look at some of the stuff we went over and let me see if I can if I can create something that might so I created a hike, quote unquote, for him. I spoke for like sixty seconds. Pause. This is what he said to me. This is what Thomas said back to me. He said When were you thinking about doing that? That'd be awesome. And then it hit me, bro. I'm like, we're talking about mindset, willingness, behavior change, readiness shifted in 60 seconds. I'm not going to hike. Give me one minute to speak to you and your motivations personally. When could we do that? 60 seconds. That's when I went, man, there's something here. That's gnarly. Because now you get a chance to see the same thing differently. That's the whole point behind magnify the good and fitness and the people it serves. Once I can help you see what's already in you and who you are that you just have forgotten or haven't discovered yet, or from whatever reason in your past, some trauma in the home, issues, habits, stuff that you don't, it's just the way you grew up. I don't know any different. And your motivations, the things that light you up. You know, there's dudes that'll come into a workout and they're, it's like, I wrote down everything I did today and this was my PR today. I haven't written down anything in 10, I don't care. But for, for you to know, man, I did that today. I overcame that. That is highly motivating to me. Someone else in the same room, the same room, the same class. They're like, dude, that I'm all set, bro. Like, I don't want to write one. That is not my deal. But you know what I love today? I love the fact that Joe and I were able to do that sled together and we, we got it. We were able to get an extra plate on that we never thought we could do. Like we overcame something together. We, we, we were teammates. So that really landed on me and I'll leave this with you to close us out. And then maybe if we have a second or I can come back, we could do the inverse fitness lifestyle uh, pyramid that we talked about. But um, what really landed on me was I was coaching a class about seven years ago and some from some of the work that i was doing with some researchers and and uh some other individuals and like so, kind of different verticals i'm watching this class at the end of of kind of strangers right they don't really know each other i'm watching them all after the workout was done and you facilitate some of that after they're cool down and they're they're high fiving and they're da 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 and they're chatting and this and that and i'm like i asked every one of them i said did you guys was the workout fun was the workout good and and they're all like, yeah, it was awesome. And I said, like, scale of one to 10, you don't have, you have to, like, if if it was an eight and higher, raise your hand, like, satisfying. Like, f- like, you enjoyed it. You liked it. Yeah. Every one of them, like, yep, eight or higher for sure. It can be an eight. That's not great. It's good. But I gave them some margin out of that, right? Yeah. So they all raised their hand. So all of them enjoyed the workout. And then I sat there and I said to myself, it's interesting. Every one of them enjoyed the workout, but I wonder if individually, each person enjoyed it for the same reason. And that's when this spark went off in my mind where I'm like, certainly not 100%. And what I said as an individual, as a coach was, if I can start to figure out what that is for Jeremy and I can start to figure out what that is for Julie, they all had a great experience. But if I can start to understand their personal motivations better and the things that speak to them in their core, then this workout feels more like play. This workout speaks more to who they are. And it helps me help them set a foundation of fitness that will speak to them and serve them. And they will be able to see the same thing differently, which creates a completely different experience with their fitness. And by the way, still gives them all the things that they want. Well, I think
0: most like really good coaches and programs do this and they don't even realize it like the ones people who are listening to me. What I mean is I got this question on Instagram. I don't think I've said this on the podcast yet. I get a lot of shit on Instagram uh, about everything that's,
1: that I, that's an understatement.
0: Yeah. That I do some of it appropriate, some of it not. Uh, and then what the group does. So usually like on our story, I'll snap like the 6am people. Cause they tend to be the savages. And sometimes I'll do other groups too. And my wife will, and we'll share it's just for marketing and the normal stuff and to give these guys a platform. Cause like our stuff is so big now. This is like their ESPN. They're on my Instagram. It's cool for them. It's fun. And I just show people like my daily life in some creepy way. People want to watch it. But I snapped a video, uh, maybe 30 seconds. And some guy messages me and he's like, hey, you know, does it bother you that some of the people in this group don't really push it or crush it? You take the time to program and design these workouts and they're doing things in a polite way, like kind of half-assed is what he was saying.
1: I'm so glad you're going here.
0: And my response, what I want to say is different than like what I usually end up saying. I always take the high road and then I go diplomatic. But it's not up to me how these guys take the workouts that we present to them. I'm giving them the tools. We're walking them through how to do it correctly. But from the outside, sometimes you can't understand if you don't work in fitness where – well, that girl's squat isn't great. I'm like, it might not be because she's trying to not make it great. She just doesn't have the mobility yet to get there. This is the best she's doing with what she can. Or how tight she is, how tired she is, how much shit she's carrying with her. And when you talk about it, like, oh, everybody loved the workout. And I do think for the most part, even if they hate it, they all hate it together collectively, like like we did in college and sports. But there's guys here, we have record boards. For some people, It's everything to them. They want to get their name on the board. It's, you know, I'm a savage. I want to kill myself. And we do have killers here. And that's what they love about it. Then there's people here who could give a shit less about that stuff. It's cheers, man. Yep. And they want to come. And, well, I just like it because everybody knows my name, the music, my friends are here. Yep. So the group at 6 a.m. is trying to die. The group at 915, they want to come, listen to music, hang out, see their friends. They're going to sweat. They're going to move. They're getting something else out of it. So to answer the guy's question, no, it doesn't piss me off. I go, what you have to understand is every single person is getting something different out of it. And that's it's right. it's helping them. Maybe you don't see it at the level they understand. I go, but it's not just physical. It could be the social, the mental, spiritual. There's emotional sides to all these things right. that we provide them. And That's
1: tough from an Instagram post to really grasp all that. 100% and you nailed a bunch of stuff. So as coaches, one of the things we talked about and, you know, kind of coming together through activate and just in our, our, my, I, it's the four pillars of fitness for me. Those are the foundations of what I, so fitness, I, it's magn- where, I, it's where ma- I stole it from, by the way. Yeah, boy, magnify the good in fitness. That's why I have quotes around fitness because fitness is so individually unique and so confusing for people. And so for me, it's like, okay, I've got to have, a foundation to launch off of and have a conversation off of. So people can either go F you. I'm not into in, that. That is just not me. Or the people can go, wait a minute. Okay. Let's hear what let, let's hear where let's hear where this is built from. And so that foundationally. So what I say for us, and if there's coaches listening, people that actually teach fitness, as you start to understand that people are in front of you, What you get to do as a practitioner, what you get to do as a fit pro, what you get to do as a business owner, and we call this, there's transparent and opaque things that you can do, things that people see and things that people don't see. When I know the people that I'm coaching or that I have a relationship with better, I can put a leaderboard in my space because I know it matters to five of the people that come in that group. They don't need to know that I'm putting it there because I know how they're motivated. I'm just putting it there so it's available should they be interested and then when I know something else, I can start to create a culture and I can start to provide things inside of what I offer. And then if I'm not a coach, I can provide things for myself so that I can experience things, the ethos of it, the, the little nuances, the little tools, the little th- that I can feel fed by in my space. And then that allows you not only to create a better experience for yourself, if you're doing fitness on your own, but as a coach or as a fitness pro, you're starting to be able to create raving fans because you're speaking to them and they're like, they don't even realize that music's played for a reason. We used to talk about this all the time. Like what's in your walls, what's on your walls, what's around your walls and why, what are your values? What matters to you? Then let people make choices, but then think about them and give them an opportunity to be fed in a place and they don't even realize the thought you've put into it. But you can't put the thought into it. You can't create the structure unless you understand who you're serving. So I got five people coming over my house to have dinner. I'm gonna make you my 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 best dish ever. And it's who knows, like chicken franchise, right? Like that's my best dish ever. And and that is what I do the best. And I invite you guys over, and none of you really like chicken. Well, how about I do this? Hey, Jeremy, deathbed meal, favorite meal. Like, tell me what's on the plate. And Jeremy goes, oh, steak. What kind of steak? Not just steak. What kind of steak? Oh, dude, it's a T-bone. No, 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 no. How's it cooked? Back up. Do you dry season it? Do you wet season it? Do you do, Like, tell me. Do you... No, no, that... Yeah, that's it. Awesome. And then now I can, as a chef make a meal that serves you, not try to get you necessarily only excited about the good meal that I serve. And it's a combination of both. And I think that's when it really becomes special. Um, So for what it's worth, and and I also wanna hit on another point you talked about that really spoke to me, backing away from this whole conversation, backing away from all the stuff we talked about, here's the deal. If you're taking one step, literally one step in a direction of doing anything to take care of yourself and that is good for you, you're a winner. Like you have won today. If you took a walk you didn't take, if you spent three minutes doing mobility you don't do, if you put and swapped a four ingredient food that's got some processing for a one ingredient food, winner. If you took a full sip of water and dumped your last sip of soda, winner. All of those things add up over time to significant choices that make you better and so for me if you're getting movement in if you're taking care of yourself if you're going in and busting your ass right now and you're killing yourself you're gonna figure it out but at least you're doing something to to take care of yourself and we could work with the rest later like that it's at its base movements the miracle stillness is the enemy unless you're still for a reason and then stillness is the miracle
0: Well, and for you guys, obviously, you know, you've listened long enough. And I preach the same thing. You do have to give yourself some grace when you're on the journey of what this is. A lot of you guys who do train, if you didn't kill yourself this week, it's fine. Like, we get in this mode of, like, well, it has to be this all the time. Like, it doesn't. It's the little things. Especially, like, our 47-day transformation is running right now. I think your video comes on in the next day or two. And honestly, in there. And they're like, who the hell is this crazy dude who's talking? And you said the same thing in there where it's like, if you are just making better choices over time, that's the progression, and that's for all of us, though. Me too. Yep. I'm 38 years old. This is the best I've eaten in my entire life. Yeah. Like, I'm not even wow. saying like macros, wow. but from a health standpoint, mm. I eat so little bullshit at this point, and it's nothing to do with vanity. I'm going to be shredded no matter what. Like I figured that out a long time ago. It's I don't want to feel shitty. We hate you. Yeah. I you know love mean? you. We don't I mean? hate you. Like I'm going to because um, it's, it's important to me and it's part of what I do. Yeah. But I feel the best I've ever felt. and people see that, well, Jeremy and my wife will come on here. I don't deviate. I never fuck up if I don't want to. Nothing sways me. I don't care. Like I would eat shit out of the backyard I've known you for a decade and it's true. If you told me. My point is I wasn't always this like the first time I did a men's health or like men's or what was it? Muscle and fitness. The first time I was in muscle and fitness to do a photo shoot, I cracked seven times, you know, and ate shit on the way to do that first photo shoot. Cause I didn't know what I was doing yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't value it for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm sharing that is it's taken me that long to do this. And you guys are on the same path. We all are. Yeah. And so gradually over time where you're, if you're in this life, you're going to make better choices. And it's okay if it's not perfect today and you fuck up. I'm like, eventually, you'll get to a place where you kind of own all these things. But it takes a mental toughness that you got to fail a lot along the way.
1: Yeah. Man, what what I've th- – that's so good, bro. And and what I have found is, you know, when you got a base, you can build on it. It's never too late to start your base. It's never too late to make yourself better. Um, it isn't. And little things go a long way. Um, I would say that if you can tap into the things that you really enjoy and you do them well, like especially if you're a killer and – then man, just, just own your movements and do them well and rotate them out. Like, um, I I think if you, um, if you have killed yourself for the last 12, 13 weeks and haven't taken a break, it's time to take a break. If you have a movement that you love this next week, I want you to try to figure out something different to do with it. Like, or if there's an object you've always been interested in, like a medicine ball, like I've seen these three things, give yourself a second to just try something different with it. Like just, try something, have fun. I want to make a, a a statement about, I think you said over time, giving yourself grace and kind of like eating, making decisions that are healthier for you and better for me and you're eating the best you can. I think one of the really cool things to look at is what you, how your mind reacts to a decision you make. So not just the decision, but I made that decision. I feel guilty. I feel shame feel. I feel stressed out. I feel anxious. I feel nervous. If you start to see yourself shifting in how you feel about the choices you make, you're getting really healthy. You're get, and if you can be honest about how you feel, you're getting really healthy. Um, one of the things we talked about, and I wanted to shoot a video for this, and I actually wanted to like include you in one of them. Um, so we'll get to that someday. But the video was this, and it's just a thought as we leave, like what's good, what's good. And so I talk about like, good food, right? We talk about what is good food. And one of the things that I've always surmised is that good food should feed more than the body. And, um, so here's my, like my setup, my commercial, my example, here you come, camera comes in, here's your little YouTube two minute video. You see this beautiful house, see a beautiful car. As you rolled into that house, you see this like sub zero refrigerator, you see it opened up. You recognize the brands, you know, like that, the $11 lettuce that comes in, you know, the, 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 this and the, that, and the, that, and this, and it's super clean and it's super healthy and it's incredible. And you see the plate that gets made. then you see kind of people grab their plate. And then this person's over there, that person's over there with their iPad. That person's over there in another room. This person's not talking to that person, but they're eating some really dope food. Okay. Screen change 12 people. And cause I have, cause I have relatives like this. We're going to talk about 12 people from an Italian family. And they've got bread and they've got carbs and they've got Chianti and they've got whatever and it's on the table and it's taken hours and grandma's cooking it and it's her gravy and the grandchildren are over here, over with her at the Big Panala and they're cooking and they're getting their hands in it and learning the recipe and they got Sinatra and Dean Martin in the background and they're singing and grandpa's telling stories about this when he was a kid and they're sitting at the table and they're holding hands and they're, 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 they're sharing stories and they're laughing and they're yelling and they're praying and they're playing. And then I back out and I ask you, which meal's better? Who's got the better nutrition? It's just a perspective to think about when you think about everything that you do, what are your metrics of success? Why is it important to you? And you know, I think Jeremy, you have found yours and, and we're gonna make no mistakes about it. If you If you can eat better food and keep less crap out of your body, that's really the reason why so many of us are sick in the Western culture literally they trace it to what what we put in our bodies. And and it's not just what we die. So I talk about what are you digesting? Not just what are you ingesting? What are you digesting? And that means what am I putting in my mouth that's being digested in my body that my body has to deal with? What am I allowing in my ears that I'm letting sit in my brain that then I'm allowing to digest into who I am? What am I allowing into my eyes that is I'm allowing into myself that's digesting in who I am? what movement am I bringing into myself? And then what is it doing to me? How do I feel after it for the long haul? What am I digesting? And so I'm just saying like, think about in, in think about your fitness, think about your wellness in maybe a slightly different way. What are you digesting? What are you allowing in? And then seeing a bigger picture as giving yourself that grace and that margin to go, you know what? Um, Katie Kirk show, we talked about, back to that show it was so fun she was such a great person to be it was such an awesome journey for me but I, everybody knows the 80 like 80 20 if you can eat 80 percent of the time pretty well you can leave yourself some freedom for 20 and you're going to look pretty good and feel pretty good and your health markers are going to be pretty decent it's probably a true story right jay yeah i agree okay so what i said to the audience predominantly women was i said tell me what's tell me about what's in the 80 everybody knows what's in the good food they do we all know yeah we know it's just we don't do for whatever reason, and that becomes individual, and that becomes teaching, breaking some old patterns of thinking and some habits, and that takes time. It's so much harder to train new habits than it is to prevent them from happening. Tr- um, change bad habits to prevent them from happening, which is why it's so important to start younger with your kids. Um, but so they all we went around the audience, and they're like, veggies and this and protein and da 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 and fat, healthy fats, and it's like they got it all. And I said, okay, cool. I said, you know what? No one ever talks about the twenty. I said, today, we're going to talk about the 20. And I said, here's what I want to give you guys permission to do. I, I don't ever want you to go out with your significant other to a restaurant, order a dessert, and it's 900 calories, 500 of them are yours. And then you look at each other and you go, that was okay. I'm like, your 20% isn't worth okay. It is worth unbelievably mind blowing. Amazing. I agree. Look forward to it, plan it, crush it, enjoy it. Don't feel guilty about it. Eat as much of it as you as you want and then move on. What we do to ourselves is we strain to hit the 80 and we get so structured. Sometimes we need to, especially when we're learning new habits. And then we screw up on the 20 and we feel guilty over here and we feel guilty over here. And then it's like, no, no, no. Like give yourself some freedom over there too and be really relentless with, heck no, this is my fun. This is my stuff. And when I eat that, pick your three things your two things your five things that are your absolute face melters like light you like this is spaceship just landed man this is incredible have that stuff in your in in your fridge or have that place that you go to with your significant other and enjoy it look forward to it you know okay isn't worth it it's not um and then you know work on the other stuff just Just try to keep making that swap, right? Little things.
0: Well, especially when you die for it. Like when you're, especially when you guys who are not, I don't want to say like healthy eaters, but when you're starting out, it sucks, dude. Oh. Because you're not used to it and you're eating shit you normally wouldn't eat and you haven't figured out
1: how to make them the ways you want yet. And you're literally, no, this is the truth. And this is why give yourself some grace. You're literally chemically addicted. It is, you are literally addicted to a drug. And I told my wife and, and my mom this like 20 years ago. I said, I'm telling you guys, processed foods, processed fats, processed sugars are as addictive and as hard to break as any recreational drug you can find on the face of the earth. They're like you and your crazy stuff, blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, eight years later, 2008, Harvard came out with the first study and it studied the withdrawal symptoms of women withdrawing from sugar and withdrawing from narcotics. And they were similar. In fact, some people withdrawing from sugar had worse withdrawal symptoms. Than the others, it's really real, Jay. It is. It is really real, and that's why it's really hard. And to take it a step further, some of those things that we're connected to actually have connected into it emotional anchors that connect us to times when we felt, as kids, we can't even remember them. When we felt loved, when we felt joy, when we felt peace, when we felt safe, when we felt part of a celebration or a process. So it's so much deeper than just. Oh, I got I can't do this. I'm such a loser. I can't stop eating this. It's got, it's it's a bigger conversation.
0: When it's hard too, because like, it is hard. You don't have to do drugs like to survive. No. Nope. You have to eat though. Oh. At some point, you're gonna have to eat, and that's why I always say that eating right is <sighs> short of like life-altering shit. One of the hardest things you guys will ever do because so hard. You, it the the pattern you know, like how to teach a squat. A baby can do it basically perfectly when it's a small kid. A baby also knows how to eat at probably the age of two. It can grab food, put it in its mouth. We're not trying to change that. You're trying to change the decision. Grab broccoli over Pop Tarts. And do that consistently over time every day when everything in your body is telling you Crave. Yeah. And to say make it worth it, when I was broke as a kid, and we can get done after this, I remember like I had no money and I'm in the life now. So I'm just it's chicken, rice, broccoli, the same bodybuilding bro shit. Every day, all day. I remember my dad, like when I was done with college and moved home for a little bit before I got like a real job. And he would like sometimes make my ground Turkey for me and I put nothing on it. I mean, I'm in the fucking life, dude. So he's like, are you putting anything on this salt? I'm like, no, nothing, dude. I want, I want all the pain I can get. And I would do that basically every day until like Saturday usually. And I would have my quote unquote cheat meal. And in the Midwest, like I had no money and there's not a lot of great choices, at least, back in the day. So I go to like Taco Bell. And sometimes Taco Bell would be like good. And like they had just made it and it was like, it's fresh as fresh can be for there. And sometimes I should have been sitting there for like four hours. And by the time you get it and you come home, it was fucking terrible. But that was my only meal for the week. And I would be so pissed that I wasted that meal on this crappy ass old rundown Taco Bell. Mm. So to Dave's point, make it worth it. Yeah. Like the best, not a tombstone pizza, like the best
1: pizza right. place you can find. You, like, Cause you're worth it. Yeah. And then I will also say like, and now, so I'm going to speak to a different demographic. We both, it's not, I, Jeremy and I have talked about this. I, I came from very humble beginnings. My family didn't have a lot of money. My dad worked multiple jobs. We never wanted for anything, but we didn't have any expendable income really. And, um, so we didn't grow up with a lot. So if you're there and you don't have a lot of money, you know, here's, what's cool for you. Um, you need your body weight and open space and you can get yoked and fast and fit and healthy. Like that's it. Like there you, there you go. Um, and, and you know, some raw, some chicken is pretty cheap by the pound and get yourself some brown rice and some veggies. And you can, you can on a low budget, be really fit and really healthy. You can for people out there that are listening that have money. I'm coming, I'm coming at you right now because one, the two of the things with fitness and, and see the problem with fitness is this like so many things, it's a value proposition, right? We pay for what we value. People will wait in line for six hours to get the new iPhone and pay 1200 bucks for it. But I don't have time to do 15 minutes of exercise today to take care of this one of a kind miracle that will never ever come back on the face of the earth. One shot. I I can do that, but I can't do this. And what we hear in fitness and what I say all the time is don't have time, don't have money. Nope. You don't know how valuable you are yet that you are worth your time and your money. And what I want to say to people with money is this, listen, stop dabbling, stop screwing around. Like you're buying this green thing. Well, I'm looking at it on my desk right now in Jeremy's in Jeremy's place. Like you're buying this green things for like 20 bucks and no, nope. You've worked your ass off to have freedom financially. Please invest in yourself. Please stop because I've just had to come through this. I was telling Jeremy a story. I've just for the first time really invested a lot of money in myself and it was scary and it's a huge leap of faith and I'm still second guessing it, but I'm committing to the black on the white and going all in because I know I need to do something different to get something different. But I always used to look at investing in myself as an expense. Like how am I going to justify paying for that? It was an expense, not an investment. You are at a place now where you've got to invest in yourself by the best greens Buy better chicken, buy better eggs, buy the protein that's an extra 20 bucks for a month. You're worth it. Don't go to this secondhand rate shoe store and buy sneakers because they're 20% off. Go get yourself fitted for $180 shoes and fix yourself from the ground up. Like first things first, invest in yourself, invest in your kids, invest in your family and your friends. You can do it. Like you're going to invest in all this other stuff and then you're not going to be here to enjoy it. Like that's, and and Jay and I can tell you this. I've worked with billionaires. With a B. Self-made, legit. And all they wanted me to do was be able to help them walk again because they had a massive heart attack at 53. They just wanted to walk their daughter down the aisle, their first daughter to get married. And all the money in the world means nothing. Like you've got all those things out there so that you can experience them, but you can't if you don't take care of yourself, and you got to stop cutting corners. Like I'm just being honest with you. Don't tell us. You, don't tell your trainer. Don't tell your coach. Don't go in and be like, I can't afford. I no. You don't want to pay for them. You've got to believe that that stuff matters, and it does. And start investing in yourself and going all in. Like seriously, honor yourself. Mic drop, bro.
0: I wrote down. Uh, five pages for this podcast and I didn't get through half of page one so that's where that's where we're at uh,
1: Any anything you want to close on that was important like if you just peek through the list real quick just a, a quick uh, slam the door down I would
0: talk for another three hours but I'm about to piss my pants so am um, I what I would say I'll touch on that real quick and ask you one thing touching we'll on
1: pissing our pants um, yeah done, it's
0: been college let's just go man just yeah, go I used to um, to touch on <laughs> to touch on his point Uh, I would tell you guys too, and I've said this before, and this is what I've done. Um, I value fitness more than anything. Obviously, this is my life. If I don't feel good, nothing else matters. I really don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. I would drive a worse car. I would wear your clothes a little bit longer. I'd live in a cheaper house if it meant putting real food into your body and valuing your health. Because I think if you do that, honestly, over time, all the other stuff will come. But if you don't do it up front, you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to buy your health back, and I don't think it's worth
1: it. If you were to leave one thing, Wow, um, dude, pause. If you were to leave one thing, you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to buy your health back, bro.
0: We see it here. Was that it is I, powerful. We have
1: millionaires coming
0: here every single day. And that's, sadly, if we can catch them early enough, it's cool. But when they're 57 and they have all the money in the world, but they can't move and nope. they got, you know, four different. There's
1: nothing for them. It's terrible, man. They and worked their whole life to get to a point of freedom. And they're, they're enslaved
0: forever. And they're, they're trying to buy it back every day crazy Um, you real quick last thing and then we'll go Um, for fitness people out there young fitness professionals just started maybe been in the game one or two years Mm. one piece of advice for them to find success or to whatever they're trying everybody's in it for a different reason obviously but you've been in it long enough you've seen the trends you've seen things come and go if you could give somebody hey he's 25 26 he's just starting out Mm.
1: what would you tell them I would say find really good mentors and you'll know that the right mentors, if you say, can I come in and watch what you do? And they're like, bring a notebook. If they don't say that, they're not your mentor. That's okay. Don't be afraid to ask because the right ones will open their doors to you. Don't expect them like a guy like Jeremy Scott to be able to email you back um, because he's got 17,000 of them. So that doesn't mean he doesn't want, it's just too much volume. But where you are, where you live, follow people from afar, imitate what they do that you like, um, and then find a mentor that you can literally bring a notebook in and ask questions and you'll know the right ones when you find them. Um, I also think do what you love do like build from your story, build from the fitness that speaks to you, be open to to learning new things and to, to seeing the good, like don't get into fitness bashing. We're all trying to help people get better. And you start talking about, Oh, you hard style swing, you soft style swing, you American swing, you this swing, you don't do cleans, you do cleans, you don't do dumbbell, you do dumbbell, you don't bench wrong energy. You're, you're already headed down the wrong road. What do you do? Well, what do what saw are you going to sharpen so well to be so good at your craft? And why do you want to serve people with it and serve people be others minded? Like one of the things we talked about with my original mentor is I want to, I want to train somebody and I don't care if it's one person when I was expecting 20, you got to step up and give it your best. I want to train somebody so that God above who's watching me when I can't see him. And if my mentor was outside of a window that I couldn't see him watching me, he would see me do something that he would say, David, I saw what you did. Well done today. Treat everybody like that. Treat everybody like no one's looking and everyone's looking. Treat everybody like no one is going to ever find out what you did for them. And you're never going to get any accolades for helping someone get fit or be faster. Do that. And then decide what kind of life you want to live before you decide how you want to build your business. Because if you don't think about that, your business is going to probably beat the living crap out of you like it did us, unless you're wired like Jeremy. And I'm telling you, if you try to model him, you better be ready to run a race because he's one in a hundred million. And I mean that he is one in a, he can run a different race. I'm telling you, I've met thousands of fit pros. He's about one of the only ones. There's a couple. Um and ironically, they're all very friend, very close friends. We're all friends, basically. Um, but it's just so wild. Like, you know, game attracts game, but You got to decide what life you want to live and And, you know, if you're going to say, I'm going to go coaching, like get people to mentor you. No, don't get up. Maybe you do. Maybe you got to hustle early, but, but don't get trapped into getting up at five in the morning and then going back to work and working from with people from five to eight o'clock at night. And you can't be with your wife in one of the moments of the day that you get to be with her. You can't be with your kids in one of the moments of the day that matters, getting them out the door, getting them in the house, like your fitness. Will steal your fitness. The very thing you love might become the thing that absolutely tears down other things. So first things first, right? And and know your priorities. I'd say the last thing is understand why. Like get a deeper why. Because if you got a high why, the what's will take care of themselves. And you know, if, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, my mom has suffered her whole life from this debilitating back injury, and I don't ever want another woman that's her age to have to suffer from that. And I'm gonna be the best at what I do so that I can, I can help people like my mom gain back some freedom in their life. Dude, you got a why? And it will only get deeper, but that's when business changes. And I will say this last thing about that. Um, in, you know, uh, Jim Rohn said that in God's eyes, every man and woman is created equal, but we're not equal in the eyes of the marketplace we're not equal in the eyes of the marketplace. So this is the time as you're setting your foundation or you've got a foundation. Business is different now, man. It moves so fast by speed, get your foundation set, button up, dot your, dot your eyes and cross your T's. You're out there coaching and you don't have health insurance on yourself. I mean, uh, insurance on yourself, like little things are big things. You have to set a foundation for your business to be successful so that you can continue to do this business for a long time and serve people with it. You should not starve. You should not be exhausted. There will be moments in your life where you'll do both, but you should not starve and you should not be exhausted when you're trying to make other people's lives better. And We need, we, we're, we need to work on that and we need to help each other work on that. Last thing is surround yourself with like-minded people people that are moving in the right direction. And you're going to know pretty quickly when I hang out with that person, we talk about this stuff and I'm just going to be real with you. If I'm talking about how that guy sucks and that girl sucks and that dude sucks and I trolled that dude and what would I do with that guy or that chick? How can we go over there and hook up with that? How can I get more money in my bank? If those are the conversations that your close people are having with you all the time, it's not doing you any favors and you're not doing them any favors. Start getting around people that are like, dude, what are you going to do about you? Oh no, if, if that chick would just, if that guy would just stop, if my, if my love, if this person in my family would just stop doing this and then that, and they did da. da, da no, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about that? It's not about them. What did you do today to get better? Tell me what you're studying right now. Hey, let's talk about your best client last week. Hey, let's talk about your best workout. If you've got someone that is pointing you toward good and good conversations and there's love and there's kindness and there's tolerance and there's grace and it's helping others and those are the themes of the conversations you're having and four-year-olds, preschoolers could be sitting around the corner with their preschool teacher and not feel offended and have to cover their ears about conversations you're having, you're probably starting to surround yourself with the right people to be successful, not just in fitness, but in life. That's... Probably more than one thing, but some things.
0: In Dave Jack fashion, as always. Mm-hmm. I love it, dude. Um, we're about to pee our pants, everybody. So I'm going to throw his stuff in the show notes. He's terrible on social media. Mm-hmm. We're going to get him better. But if you need to harass him, I can always hook you up. Brother,
1: always. Dude, I love you. I I'm appreciate I'm so, it. so thankful for you. I'm dude. so thankful for the price you pay for the craft. I really am. Um, I'm so grateful for the people that you take along with you. I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. And for everybody listening, I thank you guys for investing the time uh, to invest in yourself. And um, just from us here in Arizona, I'm sending you my best.
0: And I would not be here without you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Always. We'll bring you back on and go over the 800 things that we didn't get to Sounds today. Sounds good. Um, you guys, uh, if you're on iTunes, you guys, drop a five-star, leave a comment. As always, I appreciate it. I'll drop all uh, Dave Jack's stuff in the show notes. If you need anything, holler at me. I'll connect you. Uh, and as always, you guys, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bam!